Should I take it away this gentlemen. time? Because these are my boys. Yeah, take it away, am, Bo. Am I daddy? All right. Dude, it feels good when your hand's on my leg. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> That's why I do it to him all the time. <laughs> he does it so much. Ready? Yeah. Hello and welcome. It's hard lord time. How are you, Colin? I'm good. It's hello, welcome. There's no and, but yeah, you, you keep going. I'm so good. Tell me about our guest. You can fix that in post, right? Today, we are joined by two of my favorite men. We got Andrew Brown and John Hoffman from Weekend wow. Nachos, who just announced a very exciting comeback. Thank you. How are you? I'm full of tacos. <laughs> we, good. John, so Drew wanted to eat but couldn't before, so we're going to eat after this, but John and I just ate. We're going to eat again. We're going to have second dinner. John okay. had five tacos. <laughs> and rice and beans. And rice, he's, the man's stuffed to the gills. I got a taco dinner, which came with three tacos and rice and beans, and then the pastor and the asada was so good, <laughs> I had to get one more of each, and I plan on having another dinner. Dessert tacos. So here we Is that what you've been up to since 2017, eating good or what? I mean, I don't know if there's any possible other thing I've been up to than, <laughs> than that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, that's we were talking about that off air briefly. Oh yeah, like yeah, like what I've, what I've been doing since since Nachos broke up. It, yeah. it actually was the cause of the breakup. On our uh, we were on tour in Europe, <laughs> and a uh, a European friend of ours, Lisa, uh, approached John at a uh, Berlin show. I had to be and German. said uh, that. Oh no. You've gotten so fat. It's very ah. sad. Oh. <laughs> and that's du bist so gross. That that's not only what broke up the band but what started my depression that resulted in me eating tacos every single day. Wow. So, here we are. Yeah. I these, come, these Germans they they'll do that to you, you know? Dude. These complexes that they create. Have I told my story about the first this is hardcore we played? I forget if I've told that story. I would imagine so. Yeah. <laughs> well, we we it was our first time playing This Is Hardcore, and a friend from Germany was like greeted me afterwards. This is right before James did the Coke thing. And uh, that's my favorite. This person came up to me and said, Yeah, I was watching your set, but it was kind of boring, so I left. <laughs> that's awesome. Just like leveled me, you know? Holy hell. Dude. <laughs> like, why? You know what? That's crazy. Like those those comments. Like, man, you've gotten really fat. The first one you get in like sixth grade sticks with you to the end of your life. You think about it every time you look at a, an onion. <laughs> so now it's been six years since that. Dude, here's the thing. And uh, here's the thing. I feel like, I mean, I'm not I'm not happy about gaining some weight. I don't know who would be, <laughs> but but let me just say this. I was like really insanely thin. You up, were, yeah. Yeah, up until like oh five minutes ago. And then, wow. And then all of a sudden it was just like, like pig champion mm. instant. Fuck yeah. Like I, I took pig champion pills yeah. or something. Well, here's the thing what is Poison Idea without pig champion? You know? Exactly. And just what, a bunch of guys. What is. You gotta have one. 
And what is Weekend Nachos 2024 without me? <laughs> so Be, fat and being, sad. Without, being, without a little weekday nachos worked in, you know what I'm saying, brother? Week morning, weekday, weeknight, <laughs> all all the nachos all day. Um, so let's let's talk about the history of Weekend yeah, Nachos a little bit. Let's got a great Start. picture here that I can. You uh, looking for it? I can show us of of what John. Just save looked it like as we'll, a young man. We'll send it. To yeah, you. I'll edit it in. I'll edit it in. I can show it later. Wow, wasn't that incredible? Oh, wait, a, wait, a wait, literal let me, child. Let me see it. Let me see it. It's your super sleuth photo. Oh yeah, a little baby. So, <laughs> John, I'll be honest. When he said your last name was Hoffman, it, I had no idea. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Yeah. I thought caution was it was your Christian government name. <laughs> well, you ain't Christian, brother. No, oh, that's listen, what I'm listen, <laughs> clearly, I, I, it's am, I am Christian and I am government. So, um, yeah, New a, album. a lot of people don't know. Yeah, this is John Caution. I, I think we just doxed John live on the uh, episode. That's thank God. Somebody finally has Dude, to, it you know? is, it is, it has been many years coming. <laughs> so, <laughs> Good. Um, so Nacho started. Yes, you would, you were in a bunch of bands, including bands we were in together. Of course, in, including, but Nachos first started before Harm's Way began, right? Right. Nacho started in September of two thousand four. Right, with a demo, which is crazy because we're coming up on twenty years. Holy shit! Yeah. Well, it'll be twenty years in like a, a, year. a year. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, no, but I got you. Um, do you still remember demo songs like how to play them? Oh yeah, dude, John. Honestly, Colin, John is is similar to you in the way his brain works with music, where it's just like... And food. <laughs> and food, apparently. Like where it's just like, oh, that drum part goes like this. Nice. Or like, that riff goes like, like he's got a fucking... Like he reminds the guy who wrote it how to play it? Yes. Dude, the uh, weirdest uh, thing uh, John has done with songwriting, in my opinion, in the studio is he can have a song in his head that he's never physically played on any instrument before, sit down at the drums, record the final take, straight, one take, by himself, and then build the song on top of it without ever having wow. played any of it before. A savant. It's uh, a... <laughs> It's one of the few talents that I, I mean, have. the song was horrible, <laughs> <laughs> but he knew it so but well, really so. well executed. You have to take into context that the music is fucking horrible, <laughs> but it's uh, yeah, I did it. It's mastered in the studio. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you guys have so many fucking songs, too. Dude, you were like the, you know, all of them still. Well, I don't think I could play any of them. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, I wrote them on an acoustic guitar that was like sure. missing strings and tuned the standard E. <laughs> like I write all my music. What tuning is Nachos in? A standard. A standard. Good God. Which it's I think. Just showing off. Is that what Zabulba's in? Uh, I think so. I think so too. Because, yeah, I think so. And I think Corn tunes to that too. Yeah, but they play seven so strings. There you go. The big three. Well, like, it, dude, we, we had. The, I know. Andy always played a seven yeah. string, and we had a five string bass on the demo in the seven inch too. Jeez. I was unwilling to play a five string, so I modified a four string. And that, that is why Weekend Nachos was infinitely better before Joy drew. Before, <laughs> before Joy drew the. <laughs> 
before before Joy <laughs> drew <laughs> before before my man Joy here drewed our band. Um, where, where did caution come from? Ah, uh, to the you, wind. Did you sing or did you play drums? I played drums in a band called Proceed with Caution. Yep. Per- wow. Proceed with caution. I was fourteen. Drew actually made fun of me when we met because him and his friends were like these crazy bullies. And they all thought that I was like, what, like seven years old or something. At the, the, the photo will really help this uh, land. Yeah. Yeah. Here it is again. Unbelievable. A, ch- a child being bullied by grown men. No, by they, they were fourteen year olds. Yeah, they, that's old enough. They were my age. We're all the same yet age. The, yet the German adult gives him the eating disorder. Yeah, right. So right. think about that. American bullies, still nicer than German regular people. That's German, right. Just regular thoughts. Yeah, citizens. I will say, if, if if to all the Mexican restaurants that have benefited from my wallet, they can just reach out to Lisa from Germany. And be like, thank you, muchas. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah. Yep. Um, where were we? We were talking about just nachos. Who was in the lineup in the beginning? Uh, so it was me, uh, this dude, Ron, Ron, yeah. who who is actually in a, a band called bong ripper. That's like, I don't know how many people listening to this might know that band, but they're like a pretty, they're, well, they're out there. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. they're like a well-known Substantial. doom, doom band. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Andy Nelson, who is, we'll, we'll get to this in a bit, but right. Andy quit for a while and then. Joined, rejoined and is like part of like the main lineup yeah, forever basically course, yeah. but um andy was in the band initially and then uh this dude adam tomlinson played drums that's right who is uh in sick tired and sea of shit those are like his two gotcha bands that are the most well known and i remember the early shows were like i don't know how to put it but just so um different from what we had been doing you oh, know, like sure. Few and the Proud. John played drums in Few and the Proud. And um, it was just like, that was so, that was like outburst and kind of youth crew and just like mm-hmm. what he was getting into. I remember it being like, holy shit, like this is fucking, this is crazy. It you was know, like, was, okay, so, you know, obviously like power violence had had been around, but like aside from like Mind Eraser or like, you know, maybe even Think I Care to some degree because they were obviously influenced yeah. by like Infest. Power violence was not the household name in like the regular hardcore scene that it is, that it is now. Mm. You know, like no, not like, at all. Like a band, like you know, I'm, I'm keep in mind, I'm I'm a little out of touch. Okay, so <laughs> some of this might sound like bullshit or whatever, but like I would imagine a band like Gulch, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like their fans might be like, oh yeah, like they're a power violence band, sure. you know, or like something like that, but like. I will say that in like 2004, like in the regular hardcore scene, like there's still like majority of people would be like, "What's power violence?" You know, yeah. like, like the like a blast your, beat was 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 rare. Right, right. Your average hardcore setting. kid would have to be into bands like Infest and Siege yeah. to even know what power violence was. Is yeah. is my point? Which so, which um, it's it's important to note Weekend Nachos's crossover because when I was in high school. And you guys were touring, and like finally playing California. The people I saw at Weekend Nacho shows were like the the other music kids from my high school. Right, interesting. Like I'm 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 with my group of friends in like dying fetus hoodies and <laughs> hate breed shirts, 
<laughs> but the like Los Crudos kids are at the weekend nacho shows. I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? Because <laughs> you got them, yeah, dude. You yeah. you you got everybody. Totally. And I will say that like when weekend nachos initially started, I would say that's like the crowd that we would expect is like Los Crudos infest, you know, Charles Bronson, shit like that. Not people that are into hate breed or dying fetus. However, at some point it took a turn where like, yeah. I would almost say more people at weekend nacho shows would be into bands like that. Yeah. Then like, they realized you're going fucking dun, 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 dun. some it, somewhere in there is the craziest pit you've ever heard for five seconds. Right. Totally. And I, I guess it's, when reviewing the history of the band, at some point we'll get to the point where that kind of started. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah because this is pretty straightforward. Uh, I don't want to say straightforward in a diminutive way, but you know, like uh, not very multidimensional when it came to. Right. The early stuff you could argue is like a little bit more like straightforward power violence. Yeah. I, I mean, there's still some stuff on there that maybe people that were into fast core and shit mm-hmm. like that, like would be like, Oh, we're not used to this. You so know? you had like a couple demos and then torture. Uh, we had one. We had a demo tape that came out like right when the band started. Yeah, we recorded it at a, like our first practice with one mic. Um, <laughs> it sounds it sounds amazing. Obviously, yeah. Um, seven inch came out. We did a, a split, and then after split, that split, right? I believe personally, when I'm reflecting back, I believe this is where that turn took because then we did four songs for a relapse records comp. Right. That like Scott Hall from pig destroyer put together. And I would say like, he's kind of like who the metal community would probably consider if they knew this, they would say like, he discovered us Mm. because Mm. like, he's the person that got us on that comp and really like got us involved with relapse records. And I believe around there is where you would say that we started to write like, Hate breed for wimps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what, what what year was that? Uh, I want to say that was probably around like, oh, I'm eight a, or I'm, nine, yeah. seven, eight, nine. Yeah, it was. It was probably 2007. I want to say. So this is so Harm's Way demo was 2006, and Did John f- played bass at that time. I think John skipped over the entire first weekend. Yeah, I just get the record. For the record. Yeah, we did. Like, I forgot to mention we did have an entire full length before right. those relapse. But songs. was that was that just you and Aros at that time? Right. Yep. So there's another. There's a guy who I talk about often, Aros. Yeah. He's done tons of shit for Harm's Way. Yep. He's filled in for us. He he, he was in a bunch of bands from here, and then can can we talk? Did everybody just like quit? Uh, it's kind of a long story. Can you make it short? I think so. John is difficult. <laughs> yeah. Um, is the the summation? Yeah, I'm. A, I'm. A, I'm a, what, Been there. What was the the shirt that was gonna was a picture of me and it was just gonna say difficult cocksucker. <laughs> that's 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 the the idea that we we never ended up. It never came to Dude, fruition. I need one for the next by next Thursday. That's please. That's one of the designs we should do for the for reunion. The, yeah, absolutely. Um, After this, they're gonna be creaming for it. That's please. fucking. That's amazing. Dude, the hard lore crowd is definitely going to eat that shit up. They're now. in, dude. <laughs> what is Cowabunga Records, John? Oh, Cowabunga Records was uh, the label that put out our first record. Um, it was run by my late friend, Nick Lovro, who passed away, I want to say, like, maybe two years ago at this point. Um, wow. He, he, 
he and I put out the first week of Nacho 7-inch together on Tooth Decay Records, which was our label. Yeah. Um, and then he, like, started his own label. Um, I actually named the label. He was, like, trying to think of names, and I was like, call I, I would have bet my fucking life on it. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like, dude, you should call it Kawabunga Records. And he was like, that's awesome. And I was like, I know, I know. <laughs> Um, and his logo was a brontosaurus. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> you got the discography pulled up over there, Colin? I do. Yeah, Good, smart, smart. He's a pro. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I'm glad you could uh, come at me with that. Um, so <laughs> of course. Oh yeah. So how, how did Aros come into the fold? Andy basically quit to he quit Weekend Nachos to pursue this pop punk band that him and his like high school friends or friends from high school had started. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, people we're all friends with, like people yeah. from Chicago. Um, Dave went on to play in Harm's Way. Yeah, Cronin. Um, Dan was in the band as well. Yeah, he yeah, was. Yeah. He was. He played bass in Too Sweet. Dan Pollock from uh, Left Hand Path. Um, and like rats. Yep. And like rats. That's right. <laughs> and like rats. Great Lakes Supergroup. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. Okay. So so he quit. Thank you, Colin. Uh, noted. You're welcome. I heard that. Basically, they were trying to do that band like full time. Like they wanted to like just literally hit the road for like years to do that. So Andy decided to quit Weekend Nachos to do that. They were called Too Sweet. That was the band. Um, and uh, what? That that's basically where I kind of begged Aeros to join. Really, Weekend Nachos. Like backstory: Aaron and I have been friends since high school. Like he's like one of my oldest friends. I've actually known Drew longer. Which is Great. funny. Um, but we're not uh, old friends. We're not very good. Yeah. Yeah, he's not, one of your oldest friends. Not very Drew is not. Drew, Drew and I are not very close. We're business associates. <laughs> <laughs> Drew and what I, about you and Bo? When did you meet Bo? I met Bo. I know exactly when we met. I know the day we met. Was it at the Against Me show? Uh, no. No, it was at the Stand and Fight show. Oh, yes. That was when I met you and James. Stand and Fight and In the Red at the and Sportsplex. Time to Die? Uh, did Time to Die I, open? I think yes, it was they their did. Last show. Yeah. They did. Didn't Down to Nothing play too? No, that was the mental show. All right. Anyway, tell me about <laughs> that experience real quick. Tell, let me, let me, tell me about Young Bo. Oh yeah, little so fuck. Yeah, <laughs> Bo. Okay, so like, obviously you know Bo very well, but I would say yeah, that like a part of Bo, even though you probably know like a lot about Bo, a part of Bo still remains as like a Misfits fan, right? So picture yeah. like a mini like 15-year-old about to turn 16 with like black hair and like looks kind of like a mixture of like a real punk kid and also maybe just like a little bit of hot topic in there. Definitely. Yeah. Mm. And like you get little Bo. But just but a, a misfits guy. That's way cooler than most things you could be. Most importantly, very straight edge. Yes, absolutely. So, so you take those things and then you you sprinkle the edge on. I bought the edge hoodie that day. Totally, still have it. Yeah, and you know what's great about our group of friends? Mm. We're all still straight edge. That's true, actually. <sighs> Everybody is, from Few and the Proud. Everyone, including Drew, who replaced me on drums. Hofacker's not. Hofacker wasn't in Few and the Proud. No, but Hofacker was in Harm's Way. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the one. But like, okay. He wasn't an original. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. The original guitarist of Harm's Way is still straight edge. Me? No, I thought you were talking about Crucial Kyle. No, no, no. That was a practice with him. Yeah. Anyway, we're getting off. We're getting way off. (laughs) (laughs) Crucial Kyle. I was always the original. 
If Crucial Kyle, whoever he is, wasn't still straight edge, I would kill myself. Dude, <laughs> that sounds like what everybody's name was in like the mid to late nineties. One hundred percent. Dude, the goofiest names. Yeah. I never got a nickname because I was there's only really ever one bow, so you don't really need one. No, we called you Bozo on the double cross oh, test yeah, press. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. John is on the cover of the double cross test press, which is just out of camera, so that's good. Bo. This man just dropped bozo on me, and you think I'm ever gonna let that go? <laughs> we didn't. We didn't uh, see. The thing is, it didn't stick. Like we didn't call him bozo or anything. But I remember Chris. Chris and I were like designing the test press for the John. <laughs> it's gonna stick now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! You know what's funny? It's like the opposite wow. of the Seinfeld thing, where I don't uh, assume that people outside of um, Chicago know who bozo is. Oh, like the clown? Yeah. Well, they're gonna know Bozo. Oh, we now. all know Bozo is he got out. He got out. He broke. Well, we know Bozo. They're they're gonna know who Bozo twenty twenty four is now. <laughs> they're gonna see the beginning of this episode. The names are gonna pop up. Oh, people are gonna be like, "Who's Bozo Luder?" You know, I, I, I I'll have to say this. I I think my work is done. I could probably just go home. Yeah, now. you're probably good. Like, this episode, is, dude. This episode is done. I don't. This contribution is truly monumental. <laughs> we. Harm's Way, the first real Harm's Way show was trying at, to change the subject. I really am. <laughs> the first real Harm's Way show was at a nacho show at DePaul. That's correct. Dude, can we let's briefly talk about DePaul shows? Okay. Because a lot of the people listening are like our age group, believe it or not. Okay. And and specifically like have talked to me about th- about that time period. Like mid thirties? Yeah. Late or early thirties. Early, early to mid thirties, yeah. Okay. So like old Fuckers. The old fuckers. So, like, <laughs> talk about how DePaul, how cool and, like, important DePaul was. I mean, okay, so I don't remember who, was it Gideon that did I, the shows there? Gideon did a bunch. Of, I just saw it. Hi, Viz. Still going to shows. Nice. This dude, Gideon, who we all agree is awesome. Yeah, great guy. He, uh, uh, listener of the show. Drew, you like this Gideon guy? Backed. Also, <laughs> I think, we all agree. wasn't Mark Hurst involved yeah. too? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Punch in the face. Yep. Mark, right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so these two dudes literally found a way to do shows inside a classroom at a college. DePaul University. Cool. Yep. DePaul University. That's where the shows were? In a classroom, like a literal blackboard. And it would be like the set times on the blackboard and shit. Yeah. Not like a gym or something. Just like one just regular 30-person classroom. Just economics. Yeah. As in yeah, like yeah. you have to move the desks out of the way. And I remember writing things on the chalkboard for yeah. the show and there were fucking like every tour i mean mental went through there all the boston bands always came through yep righteous, righteous men- jams 86 mentality it um fucked up played there yeah it was is, it was just and cool. was what's was crazy was it was like short-lived it was like four years more or less because it's like someone went to school and then stopped you know that's the same with the metal so so yeah one of the exactly <sighs> One of the first Harm's Way shows. Was it the first Harm's Way show? It was the first real one. Remember we played kind of in in Freeport? Freeport. Yeah, Yeah, that was so fucking weird. Yeah, that was just, that was weird. But Remember those people wanted to fight us for like no, literally no reason. Anyway. Um, Uh, Colin, you'll love this. The The first note of the Harm's Way set. The first note Harm's Way ever played. James crushed a mic to pieces. Really? In his, it in his literally hand. fell apart in his hand. An SM57? Probably not. <laughs> it was modeled after one. It was a knockoff for sure. It was a for it sure. was an MS75. And, yeah. and the best the best part about that show is that 
James took his shirt off, like, right at the beginning of the set. And right after he did that, A-Ross took his shirt off <laughs> and started, like, doing this, like, ska circle pit <laughs> to mosh for arm's way. Now you're talking. Dude, I wish A-Ross was in here right now, actually. I really wish that. A-Ross is awesome. <sighs> anyway, so... I, I like the idea that Nachos and Harm's Way kind of blossomed separately but together, kind of from the same root. Totally. You know? And it's to fun. this to this day, yeah. We still like yeah. kind of mirror each other. And I, I've always really liked that. Um and we've all been in Harm's Way. That's true. And <laughs> every everyone in Nachos besides Loudy has played in Harm's Way. Wow. And I And you've all had your own <laughs> Harm's Way exodus. It's true. I know, I Tell me about quitting Harm's Way. Oh, wait, wait, we'll get there. No, you know what? Tell me about joining Harm's Way. Yeah, we'll get there. Dude, this is my... F- and then we'll have some fun. This is my Dude, fucking chance. Dude, I followed chance. John twice. Yeah. Into Few in the Proud and then into, into Harm's That's Way. True. Wow. That's yeah, true. Wow. Yeah, Drew... Caution, I'm just cleaning up. My Dude, successor. Can we talk about why you quit uh, Few in the Proud? Oh. Um, so I, I kind of quit bands a lot. Um, but Few in the Proud, if I remember correctly was offered a spot on the Gorilla Biscuits show. Yep. We were supposed to re- like open for Gorilla Biscuits. And I was like, I, I don't want to open for Gorilla Biscuits. Yeah. You, took, you just weren't, you weren't feeling dude, it. Dude, yeah, he, took, he took a hard stance. I, I, Too much pressure or no, you just no, weren't, you weren't I, into yeah, it? Yeah, I was like... Anti-reunions. Yeah. yeah. Which, oh, is, which is funny because how long... Yeah, I know, I know. How long ago was that? That was probably two thousand three or four. No, no, it four wasn't that early. Probably. Four or five. No, it was two thousand five. It was before Harms. Yeah, okay, five. So, like, think about how many reunions there have been in eighteen years. All of them. Yeah, yeah. You know, like literally Except all of for them. Demise. I remember. <laughs> all of them. I remember. I thought. You know, keep in mind this is like eighteen years ago. So, yeah. you know, it it really t- for for me like reunions all kind of depend. You know, like yeah. it, it just some of them I'm going to be like, oh, that's awesome. And some of them are being like, no, yeah. <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to see that, you know. Um, but with with Gorilla Biscuits, I remember they were doing like a Paul Frank shirt at the time, which, wow. you know, 18 years ago, me thought was lame. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I just at that point, like I'm convinced that anybody could reunite and I would have been against it at that time. Yeah. You know, I just, right. I, I just would have been, I'm, that's not, Which that was pre negative approach reunion. Would you have been against that? I don't think I was like gung ho about the negative approach reunion, but I think I still found that to be like more crucial than like a gorilla biscuits for whatever reason. Well, negative approach was a band for three fucking years. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and changed like, everything and disappeared. So that makes sense. Yeah, and I think that like it also depends on like I don't know how how are you going to explain how someone that's like 22 years old thinks? Yeah, yeah. You know, totally. like <laughs> I I would not want to know myself at 22 years no. old like Oh my god, dude. I I was truly brainless before 25. Yeah, exactly. And like I don't really think I've improved much now, but <laughs> I definitely have still improved a little. So I remember, like, do you remember this weird? So Drew then started playing for Few and the Proud. Yeah, I, I straight up said, I, yeah. I, I think I told you guys, I said. If we play that, if, if we play that, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in the band anymore. And you guys wow. were like, well, we want to play it. So. Yeah. And so we did. And I don't remember there being any. No, there wasn't. No there bad wasn't. Blood. No heat. No. And also like, because remember we started writing what would become convicted stuff. Yep. Yep. And like you weren't really feeling it too much, minus the one song. We had two songs that I like 
kind of wrote with you guys, and yeah. that became like the convicted demo. Yeah, because you guys recorded yeah, yeah. both. It was, yeah, those two songs. Do you remember this when we were on our way to the show in the Fall Out Boy van? Um, Bernie <laughs> Bernie was talking about what he was gonna say, and we were like, Bernie, don't fucking say that. Shane is doing the show. Like, don't like you don't have to say. He was gonna say whatever about about. Basically agreeing with John about a, re- a reunion being kind of but silly. But opening for the band. But opening for the band. So it's like, yeah. well, you know, you know don't what? do that. Dude, you know what? Just real quick. I remember that being like a sort of selling point to keep me interested in doing the show. I remember Bernie saying like, if we play the show, like I can say something on stage about oh, it. Oh, yeah. And I, I remember looking at him and being like, why, why don't we just not play the show? <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, I, I think I kind of snapped at Bernie. He was like, dude, don't fucking say that. And he was like, the way you're talking to me right now, I, it, we're going slow enough, I can jump out of the van. <laughs> uh, he absolutely had two backpacks on at this moment as well. You had <laughs> this a, guy a front um, backpack and a back backpack. Colin, I, I can't even explain to you how this human... Like function back in the day. Where's what's he doing today? He's in Japan. He's been in Japan uh, tw- t- fifteen years, ten years. Yeah, long time. He literally, dude. This was the guy. This was the guy where when Few and the Proud was breaking up, and I think I've talked about this before. That he he was like the money guy, and he was like, well, since we're breaking up, um, I divided up all the money into envelopes. So here's everybody's money, and we were like, well, we're still going to be a band, so we'll we'll just take that. And he went, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Like oh, okay, and then he uh, and then he moved to Japan. He's a teacher. He's I we saw him when we were there. He was fine. Wait a oh, second, okay. you guys were breaking up, but still being. I don't get it. Well, well convic- he quit. convicted was was happening. Like we were gonna find another singer. Oh, I see. So it was like understood that it would like kind of morph into another band. Yeah. Uh, I gotcha. Yeah. Okay, so it was like a Sam Hain Danzig. Situation. Exactly. Only he th- he tried to Danzig us. <laughs> okay. Um. Anyway, I weekend nachos. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like an hour later, um, uh, torture EP, yes, which w- w- punish and destroy was the first LP, correct, right? and then torture EP. No, no, no. torture was before torture punish was and destroy. My, you're absolutely yeah. right, my bad. Uh, what was after punish and destroy? After punish and destroy was the relapse comp songs. Wow, he's doing this off his dome, it's amazing, isn't it? He's good, man. What yeah. was what was next? Looks like Unforgivables after that. Okay, yeah. so this is a okay. big one. And that's where I come into play. This is there where Drew comes in. So now we kind of have to talk about when Weekend Nachos became just me, basically. Right. For a little bit. Um, it was, okay, it's not as dramatic as it sounds. Basically, our bass player, Christian, who went by Varg at the time. Called him Varg. Awesome. We called him Varg, yeah. Um, Christian... And I kind of always got on each other's nerves when he was in the band. He was just kind of like an instigator. Like, not an instigator like I am. I was going to say. <laughs> the bad guy. Yeah, like, no, like, like, like an instigator of friends as opposed to an instigator oh, okay. of, like, society. Ah. You know what I mean? Like, like, this dude would try to make me upset. John was just doing it on the B9 board. 
Varg was doing it, it to his Lord friends. was he ever. <laughs> Do you remember him on the Green Nine board? Oh, my God. Really? Absolutely. That is so fucking no funny. Way. Ran in terror on there, dude. Get out of here. Really? That's you were a fucker. Dude. You were a day one fucker, dude. And that's that's like the fact about you that I've always known. Dude, we're that, not, we're not. you know, I'm, we don't know each other very well. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's <laughs> straight up. But I know damn well you's a fucker. Dude, that, that straight up kicks ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the the fucker from Weekend Nachos headline. Dude, that dude. that Bridge Nine board got me in some shit with the drug test guys. Remember that band from Boston? With, uh, oh, they'll ki- yeah, they'll fuck you up, dude. <laughs> what's funny is that I would like both both Rick and Alex. I think his name is yeah. Like we're gonna really fuck me up at Posse Numbers 04. or they'll get you. No, Posse Numbers oh yeah oh four. They were the last one. Uh, I think the last one was oh five. Oh, five. Okay. But yeah, the, the drug test dudes were going to fuck me up at that. And then I met them and they were just like, what's up, man? <laughs> <laughs> they got, they were playing mind games. Yeah. You. They Dude, had I, you. That's I, but the see thing. That, they wanted you to know. But see, I don't, I don't know if I thought I was invincible or what, but I remember every time somebody was going to like beat my ass because of something on that board, I was just like happy go lucky well, about dude, it. I'm like, all right. <laughs> one of my favorite stories about you was when we were trying to figure out, you, you came up with Harm's Way as a band name. Right. And <laughs> did you take out the apostrophe yourself? How do you feel about that? It's I, on the demo. I always put the apostrophe in there. And then I remember like the apostrophe being gone was like a Bo James and Chris thing. Well, dude, it's yeah. just stylized without it. We dude, write it. I get, with I know, it. I've heard the explanation. The 10 billion. Times. I, I cannot Yet. wait till I can tell my side of the story. Of uh, and we'll get there. We'll get there. All right. What year was hold, that? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. You, hold on, hold on. Yeah. You came up with the band name. And Correct. you got message on MySpace. Oh, right. There was a there was a Boston hardcore band called Harm's Way. It was Chris Corey. Uh oh. Oh wow. Yeah, Chris Corey. On, dude, on the mental W E R X live thing, he shouts out James from Harm's Way, but it's a different dude. <laughs> it's the other Harm's Way. We I weren't a band yet. I don't remember if it was James, but it was definitely some. Was it? It was, I, it was either dudes? like James or Jason or something like that. Yeah, I, I, I think it is. So yeah, It'd it was lying. Chris Corey. Chris Corey sent me a MySpace message, and he was like, he's like, hey, like, he, it's weird because he didn't ask me to to not use the name. He was just kind of like, hey, just so you know, like, my friends and I have like a an established band already called Harm's <laughs> Way, and I just I messaged him back, and I was like, all right, well, if, if you guys want to have like a samurai sword fight or something to like see who gets to keep the name, like I'm down. You fucker, dude. You were a day fucker. one fucker, yeah. truly. And like, and like <laughs> no reply. There was no response, and then we just kept the name. And I guess, yeah, your your band survived. I guess so. I guess <laughs> the so. The sad thing about that is that it's not too late, and somebody could somebody listening to this could really like that guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm just I'm. I'm not. I'm just telling you straight up what happened. <laughs> You're doing great. Yeah, like, like you know, I, I don't. I don't have anything negative to say about the interaction. I just thought it was really funny. Um, it's amazing. But yeah, I mean, you. you I mean, Harm's Way is still here, you, so you, it, was, what, it was all good. What's funny is that, like, with Harm's Way's success and like what you guys came to be, right? You could argue that I saved the name. Yeah. By not saying. Okay, we'll we'll change it. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Band from Boston. We'll change you know? it to Weekend Nachos. <laughs> Listen. Where the fuck did that yeah, No we, no yeah. one is taking that name. Can, from yeah, me. It's very true. No. Can we can we I, I'm sure a million people have the question, where did that come from? So I was just 
I was talking to Bria on AIM. <laughs> Someone from Chicago on AOL Instant Messenger. Yeah, just this yeah. girl that we, we are friends with. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were just like, I was like, I got to come up with this name for this band that I'm doing with Andy. <laughs> and like, I want it to sound like a, like a Japanese hardcore band. <laughs> like, I want it to sound like, okay. like it doesn't make sense. So I just started putting words together. Really? Yeah. yeah. I never knew that. That's it. That's the that's the way to do it, dude. They the sauce that they've got when naming bands. <laughs> totally. I, and we can nachos is maybe the closest a band has come. <laughs> I mean, seriously, okay. If if there was like okay, lip cream. Oh you know, like best. jelly roll rockheads. Oh. Uh, There's can, a brand new band called Gates Too Hopeless. That's and I heard that and I was like, fuck. They, <laughs> they got another one. So it's like, it's like you're if you were looking at like a show flyer from that era, it's like lip cream, you know, weekend nachos. It's like Oh, I'd that, be like, I gotta hear it. It's this. like, yeah, it's I think that sounds like a bunch of teenagers yeah. from Japan on 625. Interesting. Thrash. <laughs> Very you know? interesting. Wow. I, so, I did not know that was the origin. Yeah, that's that's how it's and I think I said something and bria said something bria i'm i'm not even kidding when i say that bria helped name the band that's hilarious yeah wow um so, so you're alone again <laughs> uh excellent docking song by the way alone again yeah so it's then great song wh- how does drew come into the picture we were all working together oh so so <laughs> christian christian yeah. got on my nerves he he was like an instigator of me and like really liked to push my buttons in a way that I didn't even like. Right. Mm. And it came down to a, an issue of money. Like we were renting a practice space. He owed me like two months rent of the practice space. Oh, and he was just like, I'm not going to pay you. And the I was practice like, space we still have right now <laughs> and have had oh, for perfect. 20 years, which I have running water in there. What? No, which ironically, yeah, running one? <laughs> ironically, I don't think I've ever paid for since then <laughs> ever. <laughs> Um, but yeah, at the time I was oh, like, you personally, but somebody has, right. Somebody. Exactly. But at the time it was okay. just like our band, like there was no one else really like we were renting it from you, but like it was just the four of us before you were, or even Andy was back in the band. So, mm. you know, he, I was basically paying our portion of it. And mm-hmm. at the time, like two months of that was like 50 bucks, like someone that's like 21 or 22 years old, like. I need fifty dollars. Yeah, yeah, 100%. like that's like me. That's like five hundred dollars now. It's, right? the, it's the same practice space that Harm's Way was in for the majority of our career too. There is this wow. one room in this one building that was like six Chicago hardcore bands at the same. Basically, time. Basically, all cost of these now? motherfuckers have been ripping me off for a long time on practice <laughs> <Yeah>. space rent. <laughs> so yeah, how, sure. much, how much is the space rent? Three, three eighty something. Yeah, it's actually gone all the way up to four fifty. Four fifty a month. A month. Yeah. So anyway, I <laughs> which like that's a lot, but land, land is worth a lot of money now. You know, <laughs> oh, so yeah. that real estate you give that up. Yeah. Somebody's getting that thing Dude, for nine. Practice spaces, yeah, are like seven hundred bucks now. We're still yeah. on some very outdated pricing at four fifty. Keep that. Thing. Yeah, but very outdated electricity. No fucking elevator. No air conditioning. <sighs> Two. Openable windows, though. Yes, sure. Hey, come on. They had uh, Hawaiian punch in the vending machine. So. They did, and squirt. I used to drink one of those every time we practiced. Oh, but squirt. anyway, <laughs> you um, are. <laughs> so many things make sense. You know? <laughs> hey, 
our, uh, our guitar player <laughs> at practice yesterday ate a package of uh, chili Fritos that expired in 2020 from said vending machine. <laughs> oh, oh. Dude, that, Dude, the chili Fritos go fucking hard. Dude, those Dude, are is, COVID Fritos. You'd have, to, you'd have to do some real convincing to get me to not eat it. <laughs> I'm, with, I'm with him. That is awesome. I feel like, you know what, just based on this conversation, I feel like we could nachos is going to do really well in this current era. Like I think you're, yeah, you're fine. I, 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 everybody eats chi- expired chili. Yeah, we, we didn't even <laughs> we didn't even skip a beat. We still got this. Anyway, no, no you're doing uh, great. So, so you're alone. So yes, yeah, so you're alone. You start he, recruiting. He didn't, he didn't pay me the money. I kicked him out of the band. There you go. Okay. A Ross was not happy about this. Not because of my reasoning for kicking out of the band, but because I really didn't talk to him and say, just "Hey, made a yeah, I just made a decision." Yeah. Which you know, fair enough. Yeah. Right. Sure. Um. But he quit the band and took all of the band money. Oh. Every cent of it. Just took it. I said, what the fuck? (laughs) So Aaron and I stopped being friends over this for like two or three something years. I remember that. Wow. We'll get to this, but there's a song on Worthless that is written about him. Wow. Thank God he's not here. (laughs) Well, you know, we're good now. Yeah. Love that guy. Well. But anyway. He was at your 40th. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Love that guy forever. When was your fortieth? What's that? When was it? When, when was, was your fortieth birthday? August fifth. We did. Happy I, birthday. I, yeah. Thank oh. you. Thank you. It was recent. Yeah, we all we all went out. Yep. Um. So, I'm by myself. Alone. I'm, a, I'm alone again. <laughs> um, Mr. Lonely. Yeah. And Drew, for some reason, oh, Andy was gonna be. Back in the band, we were talking about adding him as a second guitarist. So when uh, A-Ross quit, I kind of already had a guitar player. I was like, Andy. Andy from Too Sweet. Yes. yes. Correct. Okay. So I was like, Andy. Back. I was like, Andy, you're about to to join the band again. Like, you still want to do this, right? And he was just like, yeah. Isn't it? I think it's really cool when somebody leaves and then comes back. Totally. There's something just like intrinsically neat about that. Yep. And I, I remember. Especially if you have an established fan base yes. who's like excited about yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Like, I remember the first show back. back. Yeah, Dude. I was going to say Mills played bass at that show. Oh. Holy shit. I forgot and about that. That after Mills filled in once, I joined. And the funny thing about Drew joining right. is because when you told me that you wanted to be in the band, I was just like, why? <laughs> I was like, I was like, you don't. I was like, do you, do you like the band? And you were, that's when you told me like, you're like, yeah, I I have that first record. It's pretty good. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, wait, what? Dude. Also at this, at this time, almost like 60% of Chicago hardcore that lived in the city all worked at the same place. Oh yeah. We all worked telemarketing. Yeah. We all worked at this telemarketers, which also was all of them riding my ass. (laughs) I was the first one. Drew was the first one. It's true. You got me yeah, in there. Give Drew a break. He needs his flowers. God. Got a lot of money from them all getting hired, though, because there were referrals. Oh, you get that, like, you get, like, a $150 bonus or something? Yeah, but a lot of them also made me look really bad in the long <laughs> run. The best part was, like, they would hire people, and then, it, like, two of the bands would tour together, and ten people would be gone. <laughs> you know, it was just like, uh, whoops. It's true. But Tell anyway. me about the first weekend nachos tour. When was that? That was... Like the like the first real tour because we did like some yeah, some like, stuff, but uh, the first real tour was when Aros and Christian, then Varg, was in the band. 
<laughs> and uh, we had this dude from South Florida that that played drums in the band for that for this mm. tour. Uh, we didn't really have an official drummer, but what, yeah. What year was that? Uh, two thousand seven. Was that when we flew to California? That was that was a little bit after two thousand eight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, our first the Harm's Way's first time in California yep. was was jumping in their van and God, those shows were awesome. Piggybacking Col- on Cobalt Cafe, dude. Yeah. I was there. Yeah, he was there. Holy shit, you were at that show? Yeah, dude. That was where I saw the other kids from my school. And dude, I was like, what the Okay, fuck? it that is awesome to that know. It is, it is I love that. It is really and I cool. know I know that you threw the chair at the San Bernardino harm's way show i know that because i've heard about that for years which is also awesome. first episode that's the first episode of, of the show yeah oh we oh, talk shit. about that yeah. fuck yeah and that was with a fake is was that with charlie and convicted or no, was that, that was the, like funny false convicted? that was what but, i, I yeah, no, they that all show. sang that's where that's where bit. we named dan from down presser jesus presser because he looked like jesus right dude. and he was moshing he to was the, so majestic <laughs> in that at that dude, in that era locks he, he was flowing locks I feel like later, because I don't really know that dude that well, but I mean, I met him on that tour and it was awesome. But like, I feel like he got, uh, am I correct? He got like super ripped and much bigger, right? He was kind of like thick. Yeah, he was he was a big guy before that. Yeah, and, big and like that was kind of deep into his transformation. Yeah. I don't know. And now he's just been like big, strong man. Big something. frame. When we called him. That, G- was, that was the day I met him. No shit. Yeah, I didn't know him when when the chair thing happened and he fought on my behalf. I didn't know him. I don't know when when he just we, he just dug my vibe. <laughs> when we named him Jesus Presser, I kind of remember him being like thinner. Like, am I just yeah? But, but like not much, you know. Really? Yeah. Maybe I'm just in my in my memory. I'm picturing like a guy with like Jesus's kind of like no. frail frame. No, your your current memory, which you know, yeah. <laughs> You know, they say that drugs fuck you up, but I think it's tacos. Honestly. Oh, wait. food, this tacos yeah. and nachos. The yeah. Uh, the ch- yeah, the chair thing that was a different tour though. Totally different tour. But I do remember. But that. anyway, do you yeah, remember I was fucking? Just... We got banned from the trampoline place in San Jose. <laughs> I wasn't with you guys, but yes. <sighs> you, you know, and... we tried to go back years later with Foundation, and we still they wouldn't let us in. Get the fuck! I swear out. to God, they took your ID, so That's they, they knew us. Uh, it was you guys and Coke Bust, and some of your band. Oh um, yeah. Brian probably was probably, with you, yeah. but yeah, I remember that. Somebody jumped from way too high and they kicked us all out. That and was yeah, but that, that was. What else am I supposed to do? It's that, a trampoline. You know? <laughs> that was the yeah. same weekend where we were playing at Burnt Ramen. Yeah, and uh, and somebody from Coke Bust had a thing of Jenkum. Oh God, that's right. You know where you where you huff fumes from piss and shit in like a bottle. Mm, yeah, <laughs> that was real. Like they that's they the thing, they huh? made yeah. they. You don't know what Jenkum is. I've never done it personally. Well, I, I've never I'm done it either. But, but they made Jenkum. I don't. I mean, they were a straight edge band, so I don't think they're intending on huffing the fumes. But they made Jenkum on purpose. Yeah, and okay. they had this. It was like I, bubbling. Yeah, was disgusting. yeah. We were like throwing it in the dumpster. You have to cook it, or no, no, it ferments, much like oh, a it wine. cooks itself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you basically make you make something that can get you fucked up, and it was called Jenkum. And like it, a, I mean. It's easy. You just piss and shit in the just piss jug. And shit. And, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's like a human I'm gonna be rich. ceviche. Seal it up and yeah. It makes so much. But anyway. Yeah, anyway. That was fun. That was our, our first <laughs> flying experience. Yep. Which is crazy to think about. And I'll never forget, dude, we flew into Oakland and we were like, oh, where do our guitar our, where's my my guitar's not on the conveyor belt? Like where and like turning around and it's just in the oversized area, but your guitars are just like thrown into yeah, the corner of an airport. Ugh. You gotta tell the story on that 
harm's way weekend nachos weekend you have to tell the story about the horse mask oh which my I, god has that come up on another no, episode no not once i I, I, don't or, so. I don't think so so we were playing the pharaoh's den in riverside riverside, riverside that's yep. right and uh, uh, loudy the drummer from weekend nachos put on a horse mask just the rubber horse mask you know? it was dude backstory when Christian, a.k.a. Varg, came on that tour, he didn't bring anything except for a crate of, like, cigarettes that he had stolen that he was <laughs> going to sell on the road for money. Um, Like, no socks, no shoes, <laughs> no clothes, but the, the cigarettes and, like, a few masks. Yeah, masks. Yeah, that's right. That's all he, that's brought, all he brought with him on, on the and tour. And how long was this tour, John? 30 34 days oh my god <laughs> he was a wild this is man. brian or this is before brian uh this was the tour brian did play but but this was a different guy this is that var guy yeah Bro, this, but this brian before, was on that tour this is before that so brian okay. put on one of the masks was a horse mask yeah that, we still had it in the van yeah and oh <laughs> I, I, right and some lady who was for sure like it's easy to be like some crackhead lady or whatever, but some lady was right. on some kind of amphetamine made her way up the stairs to the Pharaoh's den, which is like a pretty big stairwell. Huge, the like historically yeah. vertical store stairwell. Horrible. And I can I can I, I love to imagine it this way. She walks into a room of people like killing each other to crazy music. I think we were playing, right? No, Harm's Way was not playing. I just know that somebody else. It wasn't was, you guys. Yeah, it was somebody else. It was some other band that we played with in Southern California. Uh, it may have been Bear Trap. Are you, it could have been Creatures. Did they hop on? Bear, dude, Bear Trap was on some of those days. I remember. I don't remember Fuck that. Yeah. I remember. It might have been Legends. It might have been. <laughs> it might have been Creatures. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, it was probably Creatures. It's uh, all it's I know. Possible. All I know is that Brian was like moshing for a band that he he probably didn't even really like no and he had the horse mask he just had the horse mask that's what brian would do is just mosh at shows for like whoever was playing so this lady is out of her mind (laughs) walks into a room sees crazy hears crazy music sees people killing each other and then sees a horseman and attacks him she went up to brian and started trying to rip the horse mask off of his head but the best part is is brian wouldn't let her he was like holding on to only yeah. the mask like no! no like like he was like moshing <laughs> i remember moshing with the horse mask this lady comes out of nowhere and runs in and starts like frantically like trying to rip the mask off of him and he's like resisting right and then i remember just like four or five hardcore kids grabbing her and throwing her down the stairs <laughs> Horse trauma sticks with you your whole life. So it, it really, it doesn't take much to to trigger an event. So he didn't like bump into her while moshing. No. Like she came off the no, street. No, no, she, saw the she mask literally was like, walked. You. Yes, yes, dude. It was like she, she saw the Minotaur. She had to fight him. <laughs> like, like picture, picture, like you've obviously been at a show where you're like watching one of your friends moshing, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's the best. So, so now, <laughs> exactly. So, so now imagine that it gets even better because someone wanders yeah. in, tweaked out of their mind, and tries to rip their horse mask off. God. There's nothing better than that ever. It I mean, that's so if you were to ask yourself, what could be better than watching my friend moshing? Like, this is it. <laughs> this is it. This you is, already this, added the horse mask. I'm in. Yeah, this, right. this is and how it gets better. And then a, a random attack. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, unforgivable. 
Dude, I love how every single one of these, like, it's just. Well, that's how it was, yeah, it was always going to go. That's how it works. No choice. What yeah. about, so, yeah, Unforgivable comes out. This is the one where I feel like this is really, this is your time. This is the breakout, yeah. I, I think. I mean, yeah. it's arguably between that and Worthless for different reasons. You could say yeah. both of them are, are milestone records for yeah. sure. Big time. Um, so Unforgivable is written during a, a time before drew and andy were back in the band i had the entire record written i wrote oh, i wrote it right around the time pot. i wrote it right around the time when i was alone again <laughs> um and it was just a purely like isolated miserable record mm. like it was just like every ounce of negativity i could possibly have inside me like went into this right what were the the hits on that record like what are the, what were the songs on that record you would play that always pop? Uh, Pain over acceptance, your favorite. It. That's my favorite. Yep. Uh, it's on the it's on the breakdowns list, right? Yep. Dude, shot I, in the head. Yep, shot in the head. Another incredible track. Yes. Um, <laughs> I think th- those two. Those, those are the those, two. Yeah. Like yeah. There's, I mean, that's there's how other it works. songs people yeah, like, but course. those are like the two. Those are the two. And I think those were the two that we like put out there as singles. Like like when when we. This was like before we were like, it, was, it honestly it was before a time when like any band could get like a track premiere on like Cult Nation or something. Yeah. Like that. Right. Oh, dude. Yeah. Like, that's the thing is you. It was not. Now bands have it so easy by just being able to put a song on Spotify and being like new single out. Dude, not only you had to fucking beg and plead with with Decibel or Revolver. Or some not shit. not only kidding. that, but like getting a blog to like getting a blog to host your song now is really not that. I'm not saying like. You know, hats it's off. worse. Hats off to any bands yeah. that are like doing whatever they do, right? But it's yeah. really not easy to. It was not easy back then to have like a reputable source hosting your song. Yeah. Unless, Dude, I, remember, Warriors Will Rain came out. We just did it on MySpace. Right. Exactly. Remember, oh man! And he, boy, did he you was ever. day one. You That's, know what's so funny is that hit a thousand plays, and we were like, oh man. I mean, we fucking. I'll be honest, a thousand plays for stomach. I'm pretty stoked. <laughs> pretty stoked on that. That's a that's a lot for me. So, but, uh, um, so what we, year was Unforgivable? 2009. 2009. So this was. And you're on relapse, like a certified reputable. So we never actually signed to relapse, but but this record is on relapse. Well, right? so uh, the, every, the CD was the, basically uh, licensed. To relapse from us, we always owned everything. Wow. Okay. But businessman. But it wasn't. It was. It was an official relapse release for sure. Yeah. It's yeah. on. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't like they like distributed or something. You know, like the CD version came out on relapse, and Deep, Deep Six did the vinyl. Right. Gotcha. So, I think that somehow I got relapse to do that. I, I don't. Think- Scott Hall and the yeah, Scott Hall did the songs on the comp, and that got us. I think what happened was like right. the dudes from Relapse, who are like honestly, the I don't I don't really know a lot about what it's like to work with Relapse as an official signed band, but all the dudes I know at Relapse are awesome. They're just like a bunch of dudes that love everything. <laughs> like <laughs> that's so funny. You don't understand what it's like to work with Relapse as an official signed band. With four LPs. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, you know, like we never were, we never had a relationship with them where like they would get us tours or like 
there was no like real money agreement where like we oh, had yeah. to like pay them back for shit. Like it just didn't work that way. So they just... fucking they swindled your ass for for that licensing. That's what happened. I mean, I don't know how that shit works. So maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe. I mean, I, got I know that what they did for us, which I'm, I mean, there would not be weekend nachos in the metal scene without relapse. Like it just hundred percent. Like and depending on who you talk to, like you literally could get either answer. Right. Is Weekend yeah. Nachos a hardcore band or is Weekend Nachos a metal band? It literally depends on who you talk to. Yeah. So that way. that is because of relapse. You know? Your reach, your crossover truly, like I said earlier, was like unfathomable to me. Yeah, it's uh it's definitely you, like you had them all. Dude, they would they de- would play... I definitely understand now that relapse was such a, a part big part. All it takes is some fucking because Misery Index fans have been in the mud for so long. They've been dying for something else. You know, they're at these shows like when? When will there be more for me? And then Weekend Nachos comes along. <laughs> that was actually a really interesting thing that happened. Because when Scott put our songs on the comp, he also put other bands like us on that comp. Like Spoonful of Vicodin, I think, was on there. So 2009... This is nearing your departure from harm's way. Yeah, I quit mm. right around that time. So we'll we'll get to that. But I need to. I need to All right. so you're multitasking for quite a while in both bands. Yeah. So, so my my point about the the interesting thing about like weekend nachos like in the crossover appeal is like there were other bands that Scott Hull was into that kind he kind of discovered too that he put on that relapse comp is a big comp. Mm. But I will say that weekend nachos is really the only band out of all that, that really, like, went on to, like, essentially kind of capitalize off of our inclusion on that comp. Really? Sure. Like, you can't really say that any of those other kind of oddball bands that were on that comp really went on to, like, be involved in the metal community. You know? Did they all have four songs each? Uh, I think, like, between one and four. <laughs> Fucking, that's crazy. It was, it was like, a, a large, yeah, it was, like, a large comp. Like, a lot of, a lot of bands... Like a couple um, seven inches or something, yeah. right? Like yeah, a they seven did like, inch box set. They did a seven inch yeah. box set with like seven seven inches in Holy in the box shit. set. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. It was it was really an important thing for us for sure. Mm. Um, and yeah, that's where that all started. That's like where, like, you none of this would ever happen, you know, if not for that. Yeah, that, like that's like where the turning point and unforgivable coming out was like the the way we solidified that like okay let's do an album now and have relapse do that that's it like it's all it all stems from there so awesome. yeah right around this time i quit harm's way but what john we can nachos is your baby and now you're on relapse while harm's way is f- still finding their identity yeah sonic very much right we- and you're just so tell me about the moment is it, it's and it's the no god seven inch where we were writing for that right so please break down John. Well, well, let's let's just put a disclaimer. After the episode that James and I did, where we were being hyperbolic and a little a little we're poking at you. Right. You and I had a heart to heart over it. We did. We we buried a hatchet. This is good content, okay. by the way. Because it rubbed it rubbed <laughs> him wrong shit. a little bit. You know? Right. My my so You're out here lying about your friend. You know? it, it was mostly James, but it was <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? I'll say this live on the fucking air. I don't care. Bo Bo attempted to make it right and did. Wow. James was a stubborn fucking bitch about it. He'll get you. Oh my God. 
Um, he'll get you. He's going to hear that, and he'll get you so again. We were, I, I'm excited for him to James hear and drug tests are out for you, man. They're coming. <laughs> we were at practice at the same fucking practice space. John yes. lived very far north at the time, right? You lived in wherever the fuck, uptown? Yeah, I lived in uptown. Yep. And that, I know it doesn't make a difference for, for, to you, but for someone, did you have a car at the time? No. No. For someone without a car, that is the other end of the city. Yeah. In a north it's a south pain, city. It's a pain in the ass to get there. It's a whole thing. So I'm going to make my version of the story really quick. And I will say that the, the thing that rubbed me the wrong way about you and James's segment wasn't that that you told the story of me leaving wrong. It's that, you know, we are like arguably a group of like best friends. Yeah. Right. And if you listen to that episode and you don't know us, it does not sound like I am one of you guys' best friends. It sounds like, it sounds like I'm some slug that you guys knew for 15 minutes. Sure. Right. So that was just some fucker on the, that, <laughs> it's not, it sounds like I'm some fucking asshole that talks shit to drug test on the bridge. nine board. Honestly, <laughs> Um, but he's good, but yeah, I mean, that, that is what hurt, you know? And, you know, which, which obviously was never the intention. Of course. And like, like I said, you, (laughs) not James, you (laughs) made it right. And you know what? I've put it aside because James and I have, you know, are always going to be friends. He bought, uh, James probably bought John some tacos. (laughs) That's all it takes. James actually made made some tacos for me. He cooked for me, and then it's like uh, and carne then, asada. Come on, man! Hey, caution you. Uh, you like carne asada, right? <laughs> um, I mean, if you, I mean, if you don't, it's gonna be a problem. He'd be, he'd be like, he'd be like, I understand that. I understand that. You like you like carne asada? It's, it's all right. I'm not trying to be a dick, but <laughs> dude, I love this. Anyway, um, extended, extended James impression. Yeah. We could do this. I mean, I if could, you don't like carne asada. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even know what to tell you. I don't even know what to tell you, man. All right. So um, we're at practice. So the uh, like I said, I'll keep this yeah, my yeah. version quick. Yeah. I was trying to find I had just come back from a weekend nachos tour. Yeah. Harm's Way had a show that Friday. Right. Yep. Um, at the Albion house. Right. They had been practicing with Andrew Morrissey. Because he was going to fill in for me on the upcoming tour. Yes. But, you know, hometown show. I'm back with my friends. I'm still in the band. Yep. Not quitting the band yet. <laughs> and so, Are you planning to? No, absolutely no. not. So You weren't too, not to get too into the weeds, yeah. but you weren't too crazy about the New God stuff. No, definitely so, not. So there was already like a little bit of like, well, stylistically. Yeah, I, I really wasn't too into it. Which in hindsight is so funny because it's like. It's like a me. Sonically, you can literally just listen to that and go, man, Harm's Way got really good when they put that out. That's dude, you know what's funny is when I first met my my wife, I was like, I was like, hey, check out this. This is the Harm's Way record that I played on, and then this is their record after it. And and my wife was like, You guys were not good back then. <laughs> yeah. So, so anyway, so my s- wife is not a supporter so of, of my contribution. You um, weren't planning on quitting. No, definitely not. So I had been trying to find out when we were supposed to practice for this show. Okay. Yeah. And uh, based on the way you guys described it, I'm wondering if you guys even know that this is my version of the story. Maybe not. So um, I was trying to, and Mills was like my point of contact to try and find out when practice was. 
I was asking every Who you day. almost fist fought at practice one time. That's another amazing story. Another story. Excellent. Well, story. Mills is the business. He's the he's the heart of the band. He is you know? now, but at the time it was strictly me and Hofacker. That's this actually was, true. This is before James yeah. and Bo and Chris had anything to do with the business side. That's of actually Android. that's actually you, true. I guess you did. You named it. He named yeah. it. He was the it's one your, who booked had, all the tours. He was the only one who had been touring, really, because he was in various wow. bands over right. the years. And then Hofacker, I think, just had a checking account. Like that was just like it. So totally. it just kind of became the two of them. Yep. We booked, <sighs> we booked all the shows we did. I, I put out the demo in the seven inch with That's Clint. Right. Yep. Um, so anyway, organized crime records. I mean, like, you know, I booked the, the show that we, that had the James in the mask photo, which is arguably where yeah. harm's ways internet persona began. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yep. This so, is you, so anyway, um, and this is why I'm like, come yeah. on. I wasn't just some guy, you know? <laughs> um, so <laughs> I've been trying to find out when practice was, and this is something you also cannot dispute is Mills's communication methods. Mm-hmm. Right. So he just straight up. I, apparently you guys knew when practice was. Yeah. I think we were there, dude. Yeah. We, dude. Were, we were literally. In so the when room. you guys were there, Mills texts me and says, Hey, practice at six. It is five 15. I did not. And again, I live like, all the way up north, and I legitimate when and I, I when I listened to the episode, and James is like, "Caution, quit the band because he was hungry." Right? <laughs> what he's referring to is the fact that I had plans to meet someone downtown in Chicago for dinner that night. Right? Yeah. Now, and he's he's giving you the Lisa from Germany type no explanation. Sh- no shit. Right? <laughs> so now, mind you, by all means, harm's way, my band is more important than going out to dinner with a friend in the city. But when you are already on a bus to meet somebody who is also traveling 30, 40 minutes to meet you somewhere for dinner, doesn't matter what it is. You don't tell that person, sorry, you got to turn around and go home. Can't make it like 20, 30 minutes before you meet them. And this was literally a situation where I did not know when practice was. Right. So, that's the story. I, I I texted Mills. I'm like, I can't make it. Like, yeah, yeah. we're gonna have to practice another night, and, and it just like wasn't doable. Right. And then James is like, Well, we've already learned these songs with Andrew, so we're just gonna have him play on Friday. <laughs> so I'm like, Are you fucking kidding me? Like, you're not. You're not. I live in this town. I'm in this band. I'm not. We'll yeah. just not play those songs. We have so many other songs. We just yeah. won't play the new songs that night sorry, we really want to play these new songs. We're about to go on tour. Uh, We're going to have Andrew play. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, fuck you. (laughs) I was like, fuck you. Did he say eat my shorts? Uh, So that's in like a few seconds. But (laughs) I was just like, fuck you. This is all via texted text message like t9 text days too yeah i had a i had you're just i I think i had a razor at the time remember the motorola razor um you know i'm like fuck you no you're not like you you guys aren't doing that and i was like you know what i fucking quit that's 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 bullshit right james goes eat my shorts (laughs) (laughs) have you ever been mad more mad in your life then eat my shorts. I'm, I'm not even gonna pretend that I wasn't livid. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I remember this was a discussion we were having at, like, not at that moment. It was after the practice. I was back home that night mm. when I was texting James, and I and I we were talking about this because I was thinking like, all right, didn't get to go to that practice. Like, 
even if we don't practice. That's fine. These yeah. are these are my friends. I'll still yeah. play the show of this band that I am in. Yeah. Why would you? Well, here's a- the thing. <laughs> let me play. Let me play the advocate. Of the oh, devil. I can't wait for Thank this. Thank you. When was the tour? It was the so the show was probably a Friday. Mm-hmm. It was, and then the tour was the. Uh, uh, then we did a. We recorded with Steve Kane on the radio show thing that weekend. Yep. And then we left Monday. Yep. So it was. Here's the thing, John. It was. Yep. In with the way this is the this is an unspoken law. He who doeth the tour playeth the hometown show. To be fair Before to you. Before or after the tour. This but, but, that show might as well have been part of the exactly. tour. Exactly. Mm-hmm. At the practice, they're getting ready for the tour, not just the show. How about this for for um, consistency? Yeah. When we later on did the Acacia Strain tour and it played Chicago in the middle, mm-hmm. Chris didn't play drums. Interesting. Well, I will say, you may have a point. Regrettably, by the way. It might, you <laughs> might not have had to eat the shorts. That might have been too far. It was a little you know? far. There were maybe some other things said. You already had dinner plans that <laughs> evening. No shorts yeah. needed eaten. Uh, but then, but then, and I, I've told this story, too. We played that show. James broke his arm during it. And then literally right. after the show, Hofacker, the other guy, was like, uh, here's a check for all the money that's in my account that is harm's ways. I quit. This is all the same. And all, didn't like two of your heads break? No, dude. It was all like it was Hofacker. Hofacker had a gear problem the whole set. Uh-huh. And it ended up being the cab blue. Okay. Well, oh. I just remember you were having equipment problems that really the, fucked with the, the show. The entire set. And yeah. James broke his arm. And James broke and his arm. Hofacker and then Hofacker quit. quit. So you were feeling on top of the fucking world when you hear all that, right, John? <laughs> hey, anyone that knows me knows that I did. So, yeah. um, I will say this: you have a, you may have a point about the hometown show thing, okay? But sure. not to your point. That was not any of our mindsets that week, right? Yeah, the, the, yeah, the that's, mindset, like that's now thinking. Yeah, yeah. The mindset that's, that's advanced thinking. The mindset was Being John f- missed practice. We know these songs and want to play them. Just my opinion. You guys made a bad judgment call putting that before my feelings about playing that show. Wow. You know, well, you know what's funny is if that was now, mm-hmm. Harm's Way would one thousand percent do it the exact same way because I, it's all I about believe, the efficiency and you know what's I, best I, for the blah blah. blah. I believe that, but and at the time, yeah, yeah, that's that's what I mean is that we were not in any way. And keep in mind, we this weren't was, pro. Yeah, this was still when James and Chris and Bo had like little to nothing to do with like most of the decisions that were being made. Right. Although it was like about to transition, it was, it was over. right at that time. It was like Hofecker and I quitting was like the the immediate transfer of power. That was that basically. was Chris talking to Close Casket. Yeah, like it's right there. And then let me tell you, John. Yeah, no gods rocked. Well, let me tell you this: <laughs> there is no question in my mind that I was meant to not be in in harm's way because right. you you have to think that if for some reason I stayed in the band, number one, the band probably would have just broken up within two to three years, right? If, like, Hofacker and I never, like, stopped being in charge of that band. So, like, me leaving and you guys taking over, like, is the... I mean, it's not even... A, it doesn't even need to be said. It's the a right. most incredible well, thing that could have Well, then you look at Weekend Nachos after. Exactly. And it's like, for sure. this was your guy's destiny all along. Exactly. For sure. And it's actually an amazing story for that reason. I think reason. it's, like, cool. It's, like, it makes Harm's Way and Weekend Nachos, like literal like blood brother bands yeah, we awesome. both love the blood the blood brothers like, 
Um, so I want to I want to get more into like Drew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that like yeah, please. Now Drew for some reason wanted to join the band. Claimed and that- I was in Convicted leading up to all of this, and I also okay. quit Convicted when Nacho started going. Oh, that's right. You did. You did quit Convicted. I never. I, I never even thought about. I that. forgot that rules. I forgot you broke the dam. <laughs> That's yeah. right. We played our. You were uh, the first one. We played it. First one out. Yeah, we played an amazing last show. We did. That was Chromax, Death Threat, Marauder, The Killer, Left Hand Path, Convicted. Last show at the Sub T. It's fucking. That's a fucking. And it was like that was when uh, Banger, uh, God as I came out. So it was like that lineup. That was the last Convicted show. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. That was like I'm sorry. I just heard you go over the lineup, but that was like Death Threat, Chromax, Marauder, Marauder. Yeah. Convicted left hand path and the killer and the killer. hell of a game. Oh my god, great! It was that show was amazing. That was like the like right around the beginning of that chromat that that version of the chromax making yeah. the runs and man, it was sick, dude. When they first came back and it was like John and Mackie, dude, those shows in California were historic. Yeah, the the one here was like I was I was jumping and diving off the walls like it was like that level. Yeah, of the chromax were. Fucking awesome. It was, awesome. I, it was AJ and it was uh Scott. There I don't think there's ever I mean, not counting like, you know, whatever version of the Chromex exists now. Yeah. You know, yeah. but like if you think about like <laughs> I don't think there's ever been a time Easy. where I've seen the Chromex <laughs> where they weren't awesome. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Same. But just imagine in them, a live environment, just the song, how the songs are yeah. so fucking undeniable. But just imagine a, the Chromax pre what we know of the Chromax now, like between like whatever versions there exist now. Just imagine Chromax at like arguably the best sounding, yeah, best laid out venue in yeah. the city and most yeah. lawless venue yeah, in the city right. too. Absolutely, um, it's it was so just Drew perfect. It was unbelievable. <laughs> Drew, Drew's role in Weekend Nachos. How did that expand? Because, John, you were the guy for so long. Yeah, so I think a, a little bit like going to the Harm's Way Weekend Nachos thing, I also think Convicted being killed off actually helped both things too because then Harm's Way's focus was completely undivided Yeah, and all of my musical focus went purely into nachos as well then. That's a good point. One thing I will say about like you joining the band is that like I instantly to this like to this day obviously like instantly got like the benefit of your like sense of order and like <laughs> neatness and like professionalism yeah instantly Drew like, has always been the adult yes like always you seem like a good guy Drew hey thanks <laughs> I get this vibe from you that I can just tell you anything you know. <laughs> Drew Drew's a good guy and a former Drew. A former bully. <laughs> In what way? Were you a pit demon or what? No. No, just like a junior high dickhead. Just an assassin. As 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 great of a guy as Drew is at, at 40, I will say that Drew probably still to this day has ruined more lives during that junior <laughs> high period than he has helped lives now. <laughs> you you knock textbooks out of people's hands and stuff? Oh yeah. Closing some lockers going by while people are looking through. Table topping, you know, the whole thing. Oh, table topping was gangster. If if like if like Mitt Romney was a junior high schooler, like that that's that's that was what Drew was, basically. Wow. Uh, look at him now. He's, look a, at him now. he's a he's a well spoken businessman. Yeah. You know? <laughs> For sure. I remember when you joined, 
and we were all working at Total, and you were like learning the songs and writing songs. And I remember being happy for you because you were like, you had a, a new creative outlet and you were like really digging it. Yeah. I just remember that being like a, a, an exciting time period because that was also like, we were writing for Isolation. You guys were doing stuff, writing stuff. We were yeah, both, we were writing for Worthless then. They went to Europe like right before us. You know, so let's let's. So they're kind of trailblazing at the yeah, same. Yeah, how'd you time. do in Europe the first time? Well, let's let's quickly wrap up, like, the Unforgivable era because like let's Unforgivable comes out, we play MDF, right? Yeah. So uh, I'm I'm in the band now, but I'm not like contributing anything. Was that so you weren't part of the record? You weren't part of it. Oh no, right, because John wrote the entire thing in a dark, <laughs> lonely, depressive episode. When I was alone again. Was that the bolt thrower? When he was alone again. Was that the bolt thrower year? Yes, it was. Oh yeah. Bolt thrower let me shit God. in their VIP bathroom. That's how you know those guys are are legit. And I, I remember I wrote an article for like Revolver about how pissed I was that no one moshed for Bolt Thrower at MTF. <laughs> and there was like a thousand metalheads pissed off about it. Really? Awesome. Yeah. You wanted people spin kicking or just pushing each other? No, straight up. I, I wanted people to like mosh like they would to hate breed, but for Bolt yeah, Thrower. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, now? I'd be like, oh, dude. why the fuck would you mosh ever? <laughs> <laughs> I could do I could do it. I know. Yeah, for, yeah. I know, but like, but like if I were seeing both or like I would just I don't I don't care if anyone's moshing. Like, yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. like I'm just like it's funny, it's funny. You're just doing the hey, yeah, hey, hey, yeah. Hey, hey. If anybody's named Tank, it's nothing personal. And then they play the fucking the yeah. <laughs> Dude, um Did you see them when they came back, John? Yeah. In twenty thirteen? Oh, 2013? Were you at the Reggie show? No, I don't think so. Were you, Drew? Yeah, I went to both of them. That was fucking awesome. That was fucking Those awesome. are, that was that was top three things I've ever seen. I just I just remember seeing them in at the 2009 MDF, and when they played Powder Burns, it might have been the heaviest thing I've ever seen. Best just, breakdown ever. God. Yep. It's up there. Yeah, was that was that in your mosh part list? No. Oh yeah. I, I don't think was it? Was Powder Burns? Yeah, dude. Okay, good. Powder Burns has been ripped off by me in Weekend Nachos and Hate Force. Nice. Excellent. It's, I, yeah, I've done it. We've all done it. <laughs> We've all done it. Um, now, I mean, now, now, we, now. That's all it takes. <laughs> yeah. So so when you ripped off Powder Burns, like, we actually tried to make the riff, like, slightly worse so it could be considered our song. Yeah, I just tried to actually put the exact riff into a Weekend Nacho song. Yeah, and like, then, and then it I was, was like, not modified in any way. <laughs> and then I, I think, what about this? <laughs> I got something for this part. And I'm I'm not proud of this, but I think it was me that suggested we make it like slightly different. But we would get over if that you, when we. If you change, if you just go instead of now, 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 now. This is the secret to writing music. <laughs> Find a thing you like. Do one thing backwards. Mm -hmm. Done. Totally. And and you know what. You have to be able to say that whatever you ripped off is not quite as good. And that's what we did. Oh, yeah. But we got over that when we started actually adding corn parts into songs yep. that were not changed at all. You sure did. Um, but anyway. So, Actively? I was like, we got to get this corn riff in here. Hang well, the, the song that I wrote about Aros, Old Friends Don't Mean Shit, literally <laughs> has the riff from Good God like in it and the part. It's just... it. We made it into You're a Weekend Nachos fuck. part, but the riff what? is... What, note for note. What song is uh, Freak on the Leash in? Uh, like, did we rip that off? Yeah. Um, we actually, I didn't, 
you had to remind me that we even did that. Yeah. But that was, uh, it was like a B-side. It was like a song that no one ever really heard. I forget what it, oh, it's called No Saints. Okay. It was the, the last song on the, the Black Earth 7-inch. <laughs> wow. Um, anyway, so us playing MDF was a big deal for us. That's like what's, that and the Unforgivable record is what's solidified and like, oops, hit the mic there. It's okay. Um, it's fine. <laughs> like kind of like snowballed from there, like our involvement in the metal scene. Pardon this interruption. We've got to tell you about some very important sponsors for mm. this episode. First up, Bo, Loop Earplugs. Loop Earplugs. I just had a weekend with Loop at Riot Fest. I had a great time. Did they, did they protect you? They protected me. Uh, the, day one, I took them out of the case and lost them temporarily, but I got them. Perfect. I use the uh, the Experience Plus with the little, got them right here with the little things in the in the center, which that really them. just cuts out the harsh frequencies, but makes you able to have conversations and hear people still, right? Which is the ideal thing. Everybody's used to squishy, kind of bad earplugs that you can get from a Walgreens or whatever, and they just muffle right. everything. And I don't like that, but also I do. When I'm going, when I'm watching a band or if I'm playing a show or something, I like the loop quiet, which really just drowns out absolutely everything. And you get this little carrying case. Yeah. So if you're bow and you drop them, it's on you and not on loop. Are those the squishy ones? Uh, like I think it is the like squishy. Uh, the squishy. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I'm gonna. I, I intend to use those when I'm in a room of snoring men on tour. So before we worked with Loop, my wife already did that. <laughs> she, they're her day-to-day earplugs to deal with my ass. So yeah, just that Loop is out there, and it's yeah. crazy that they're working with us. Realistically, and it's, it's crazy that it's taken so long for me to for us to be like, hey, maybe we should, you know, to be earplug um, guys. Yeah, I mean, as musicians, yes, you know, arguably, realistically, other than our physical Fingers. well-being, yeah, ear health, yeah is the most important like we need to work on that and, and I, I i rue the years that i went to shows without any ear protection for I, so I, long i got tinnitus i got right i can't even hear you right now over the <laughs> ringing in my ears but if i had loop a long time ago i'd be fine so you can click on the link below and you will get 10 percent off of your order um when you if you're in california that's that's tax-free baby <laughs> Uh, up next, it is Manscaped time, per Boy, usual. Is it ever? I got. The, I'm just. You're so to the gills. Uh, yeah, I. Um, what What else can we say about this stuff? Everything. I ran out of the body wash. I'm devastated. I need a new bottle. bottle. Oh no. The um, The crop reviver and the crop preserver, preserver right. have permanently altered my like constant states of being. If I'm not scaped, I'm not a man. Period. I, I did a little weed whacking. Not in the nose? Too, in the nose. Just because I don't really, I'm, I'm not prone to nose hairs, I don't think. But Me neither. Hey. My dad is. I got to get him one of these. He's yeah, gonna... maybe. <laughs> Your dad got nose hair? Lord knows he'd be stanking. Yeah. Yeah. Yes and yes. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I use the scrubber, the body scrubber with the body wash every single day. Yeah. And Man, I gotta re up my body wash. You do. Y'all you can use y'all can script. order me one with code Hardlore, twenty percent <laughs> off free shipping. That is right. Twenty percent off free shipping, dude. What else? I mean, I will buy anything. <laughs> and, and as we've stated before, you got me. Yeah, 
Yeah, done. What is I'll it? buy a car for 20% off for free shipping just because the deal's so good. I don't care. Yeah. So ball deodorant, you know I'm in. Mm-hmm. It's also whatnot time, brother. Oh, man. Um, I'm thinking maybe the Friday, like October, I think it's going to be October 13th or 14th. Okay. Right before you leave for tour. Right. We'll do the big one. Our, our benefit whatnot. For the pit recording studio. Apologies to everybody who's kind of been waiting and asking us. This is a lot harder to coordinate than you might realize. And uh, but that being said, but it's we, about to get real easy. We and we got goodies. Yeah, we've got some some very special things. Everything auctioned on our next whatnot show is gonna a hundred percent of it's gonna go to the pit recording studio. Whatnot was kind enough to do no fees or anything like that. They're fully mm. behind us. They're very excited about uh, the benefit for the pit. They they are incredible people to work with. Mm-hmm. We love whatnot, and not only do we love working with them, I was just a fan. I was just a guy who used it. Yeah, it's the best place in the world to buy new and use memorabilia of all kinds. Tell them about it, bro. You can get stuff signed. You can get one of ones. You can get like you know game worn or like ring worn stuff if you're into. Wrestling or whatever, we got uh, Brody King, Dan Housen, Lars Fredrickson, all friends of the show on there. It's a live, essentially a live podcast that's kind of interactive. There's a chat. We're talking. We're doing giveaways. We're doing all kinds of things. And then it's gone forever. But Twitch meets that, Cameo meets eBay. Yes. And during personal that experience time, where you get to own a piece of it. And in this case, it goes to a good cause. That's very near cause. and dear to us. Yes. Back to the episode. Before we get to worthless, can I ask one question about Unforgivable? It's your podcast. <laughs> did you get did you did you get the name from the viral video series Unforgivable? One hundred percent. Wow. I literally was... re- I remember I remember when Andy and I were trying to come up with a name for the record, and I was like in this bricktop studio at the time. And I was like walking out of the control room over to Maybe we were even recording it. No, because I had written the song, Unforgivable. But it was maybe, you know what it was? It was when Andy and I were practicing some songs knowing we were about to get ready to record, right? And I I remember walking and I was just thinking about the Unforgivable YouTube video and how awesome it is. And I was like, I was like, Andy, why don't we just call the record Unforgivable? (laughs) Like I said that in the voice to him. And he was just like, he was like, he was like, it's an evil name or something like that. It's something like that. To exemplify what an impact this had on our friend group today, John texted me, what's your address? You little pansy. Because that is still like just part of the lexicon that that was pre YouTube. No, dude, Unforgivable is, like, as part of the English language as, like, Superbad and Anchorman yeah. to me. It, like, it just changed the way I process thought. Dude, you, you used to be able to go on their site and play all four videos at the same yeah, time. Yeah, dude, <laughs> James Mills and I, and I guess you too, yeah. we would play all four of them at the same time. And just, like, <laughs> somehow that was, like, way funnier. It, like, leveled us because it would be, like... What sports you play, you little? You better not have no little brother. Like it would just be like a thousand things all at once. It would be like, it would be like, she didn't know what to say. Unforgivable. <laughs> it was so fucking funny. Woo. So, oh, did man. you start writing right away? Uh, 
So like, were you contributing? Half half of Worthless was written by you, right? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, just uh, just about half of it. And actually, uh, true to John's uh, previously discussed uh, potential T-shirt nickname, <laughs> at at first you did not want me to have any songs on the record. Is that wow. is that true? I yeah. I don't you, remember this. We got we got into a, at this call center job. It had like a little internal messenger. At, oh wow! And he Can and I were were fighting on this. I think it was called Spark. Sparks. Yeah. Spark Arc. Messenger. That's right. About how like I had songs that I wanted to bring to practice, and and you were saying that like you didn't really want anybody else to have songs, and I was like, well, if I can't have songs, I'm just gonna quit. Yeah, and I was like, no. <laughs> this is you both at work at the same time. And oh yeah, I, I we, was, we uh, were sat next to each other, and I was. Sure so you might as well have been like. <laughs> Dude, little little side note. At this job, I w- I used to be so grossed out because Drew would just pick his nose endlessly, like like his literally his finger would be in his nose like for like a half hour at a time. And every time I'd be like, Drew, you've been picking your nose for a really long time. And every time he would be like, This job is boring. <laughs> like that was Lord Lord help it if a man has hobbies. Yeah, straight <laughs> up, dude. I mean, I'm, dude, I'll pick my nose for forty-five straight minutes, no problem. I, you know what, I, you sound like I, my wife, John. Dude, <laughs> leave us, let us be, dude. Listen, listen. Can't pick my nose. Can't write any fucking songs. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> fucking fascist. I, I never told Drew he couldn't pick his nose. I'm just saying, mm. in in my head, I was grossed out by this. That's all. And Sometimes it takes that long to get the one out of yeah, it. Listen. I pick my nose for five hours at a time. People are just not at work next to somebody. Rapidly skipping over this right now. But he's next to his best friend. Yeah. So he thinks. I mean, I thought I was in a safe. You guys safe best space, friends? Yeah, dude. I thought I could be. You guys me. best friends? You got? You think you guys are best friends? No, we're we're business associates. <laughs> okay. Let me let me put it this way. Real talk. Drew was one of six of my best men at my wedding. That's like the MySpace top eight, right? Now I'll go fuck myself. Yeah, Bo wasn't your top sixteen. Bo. I was there. I, I think I was. I, yep. I think I'm his maybe fifth best friend based on the okay. the, the rankings because he's Who's got his, his two brothers were number one. No, you were four. Aros, I think Aros was behind oh, yeah. you. So and Antonio to- from Kansas City. So Aros, the guy that stole all your money. That guy. Is, no, no, no. That's Christian. more of your best friend that's, than Drew. That's Christian. What? No, Aros stole oh. the money. Yeah, Aros no, stole the money. Yeah. I, Fully Open misunderstood. Your ears, yeah, dude, buddy. I fully misunderstood that. Yeah, story. that's why yeah. Aros and I had beef. That's why. Oh, oh shit. So, yep. Chris didn't pay him money, but Aros took the whole I band see. fund. Right. Drew, who's your best friend? <laughs> Probably like my cat or something. Don't say, yeah, you're, he was going to say his wife. That's such a respectable, like, you're just a nice guy. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. just just me at home chilling, you know? What about humans? Who do you Who do you like? John's up there for sure. He's up there. Yeah. I gave us. I gave a speech at his wedding. He did give a speech at my wedding. Probably like go. I got two. I, I probably got three. Three that I would put in the in the running. Okay. But uh, I'm pretty sure you were number four in the list. I think it was both my brothers, Antonio, you, because people would like to say, ah, these are all my groomsmen. No, there's always an order. <laughs> Don't let anyone <laughs> tell you there's not an order. And it's the right. the closest proximity that they're standing next to you at the altar that's the order that's it's, the rank yeah sure. you can't otherwise you wouldn't have anybody stand up there yeah 
Oh, the, Bo the was, other Bo guy was who, back row, right? Yeah. I was there. You were you were there. <laughs> a lot of people didn't get invited to my wedding. When I, Drew got married, I was right here with strep throat. Really? He was invited, but Dude, I, that I was had after no it's not really party. contagious, so you could have gone. Colin, no, strep throat is extremely contagious. Nah, <laughs> that was after um, either Furnace Fest or Sound and Fury with that dust shit. Oh, it just just happened. Yeah. No, no, no. I last the first one. Or the first yeah, no, one, I'm, yeah 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 we, we i Brutal. celebrated my yeah, one year wedding it. anniversary uh on september 10th very nice very Congrats, recently Drew. thank you very much <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> um who's your who's your best friend bo chris mills my best friend is yeah. honestly it's you're one of them nice where would i be as a groomsman as a groomsman honestly i would yeah, what, i would have to do my entire band you'd probably be five all right. You know what I mean? You're the I top got the end. I'm in. How many groomsmen do you get? So you're ahead of me, <laughs> and I've known him for way longer than you. Yeah, but I, 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 dude, you've put the work in. I rebirthed this man. Yeah. He came out of my <laughs> second womb, dude, you know? dude. like Zeus and Athena. <laughs> Straight up. Would dude. I? Would I be invited to the wedding? One hundred percent. Excellent. I'm of there. Course. He just needs to find a fiance first. I'm there. Holy dude. shit! I'm about to. I'm about to quit. The podcast. <laughs> Why? We just want you to find love, Bo. Yeah. So worthless. You guys are right before. Um, what were the hits on Worthless? What are the songs like? Same question for Unforgivable. I mean, Jack Power Violence. That's is the, the, the that's one. the one. Is that oh the number God, one dude, song? One. Yeah. Yeah. That's the like song we always and everything. We yeah. always close with too. Tell you know what'll be interesting. Tell about your relation to the boys who fall out. Uh, I mean, I think. Even probably most, you know, I'd assume most people who listen to this podcast probably know that that band was was birthed out of Chicago hardcore, even if they are not a hardcore band. Probably not, dude. Okay. Honestly. Well, so. Fall Out were, Boy. Yeah, Fall Out Boy were in Arma Angelus right before Fall Out Boy, which were like a damnation AD worship band pretty directly. Bo, you saying the boys who fall out, I could not figure out what you meant. <laughs> oh, I shit. was like, what did he mean? That almost sounds like some type of typo negative reference or something. <laughs> Dude, I th- straight up, because that's Fallout was yeah. the band before. Ah, yeah, the, the, the boys, the Brooklyn Boot Boys, you know, all that. Yeah. Okay. So, so on John Power Violence, right? uh, Patrick from Fallout Boy, who is a you know childhood friend, uh, lent uh, some some vocals. Uh, it was we were originally gonna have uh Dre from Donnybrook do it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Who also legend. is a Fallout Boy connection for me. He was yeah, he time. worked security for them. Yeah, he was he was gonna do the part, and we thought. So here's the thing: we thought that was gonna be awesome because we were like, oh, like all our Power Violence fans are gonna like shit when they see this. Like they're gonna be so pissed off. <laughs> and then we took it a level further into pissing them off by having the dude from Fallout Boy do it, who loves. Power violence. He texts me every day, basically about spaz and shit. Like, those- could he contractually legally do that? He couldn't, because uh, that's why we had to credit him as something different on the in the liner notes. Yeah, yeah his, that's what I would think. Yeah. yeah, both and the guitar player Joe plays the solo on the first song mm-hmm. on Worthless. Also, uh, so we just moved some letters around in their names and credited them uh, that way. No, we uh, we called Hot Pat Pat Patterson. Oh yeah, he, <laughs> Pat he, Patterson he, and Tro Joman. Hot 
How did how did he get away with the damnation of these song? No, he was Oh no, I mean the the band that a bunch of them were in right before Fall Out Boy. Oh, I know, was, but he's on a damnation song too. Oh. It's a fucking banger. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I on I can't imagine thing. he legally would have been able to do that. Probably did some of the same shit. I, I honestly so don't really sick. know, but he I yeah. I mean like also, you know, they're at quite a scale, so like at some point I think he's in a position to yeah, just yeah, kind of yeah. be like well, Fuck I already you. did do it. Yeah, so yeah. what are you gonna do about it? <laughs> yeah. um, sue me, don't sue me. So so Colin, <laughs> Colin, which yes, which song which guest spot is sicker, the damnation one or the weekend nachos one? <laughs> Listen, the, the the damnation one he gets the whole hook and it's a it's a hell of a hook. Well he does the, the whole breakdown of the follow up. Or fuck but that's the a weekend nacho song. And you see, and you couldn't even say it. <laughs> <laughs> that's our, his band, Drew. I'm gonna I'm gonna fight for this because at the last weekend nacho show, we had like two stories of people singing that part with us on the stage. That was just okay. singing. Yeah. Sing. It's pretty cool. Nachos uh, had Loudy had this fucking Jägermeister banner. Yep. That he turned upside down so the the cross above the deer was upside down. Yep. And then fuck in yeah. like tie-dye kind of like hippie almost it was like a it was like a like a my little pony bed sheet yeah, yeah straight up it, it was written uh <laughs> he like cut we, cut letters out oh like yeah 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 cut weekend nachos letters off of this like children's bed sheet and or something i and i told him for five years like i i want that i like can i have that after the band is and he pro he said absolutely like you you called it and some fucker grabbed no. it at the last show like took it home pulled it down took it home no i've got i've it. got a dm from them somewhere if you want to go to their house are you serious oh, if you're dude, out there let's get it Fine. i want that thing it was that's the backdrop it was promised we got a to me. new project oh, yeah straight up anyway dude. wow you guys eventually go to australia you start doing a lot more international well, things let's so right around i would say worthless before Worthless, but right around the time of Worthless is when we went to Europe for the first time. Yep. yep. So around 2000. And that so was a great the... story. So so we get brought <laughs> over there by uh, two guys helped us initially uh, who have a label there called RSR, Regurgitated Semen Records, Yep. which was which really... They... They put did out the your CD. Fluff Fest, live at Fluff Fest. They did that, but they had put out the CD version uh, that had Torture and Punish and Destroy on it together. Yeah, that's in cool. Europe. Yep. So it was really, you know, exciting for me. And I'm telling my family that I'm I'm going to Europe, and they're asking me how that's coming together. And I'm like, well, the guys from Regurgitated Semen <laughs> Records are putting it all together. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay. It is seriously one of the best label names. My like, son's a yeah, that's awesome. My son's a pervert, dude. Yep. Regurgitated Semen Records is seriously like a top five label name. Like, yeah, they, they it's also like, have, like regurgitated by itself, already gross. Yeah, and then you maybe pick the worst, the <laughs> nastiest the thing. possible thing. <laughs> Not just, even cum semen. <laughs> Seriously, like you're giving me medical term. I picture someone like swallowing, <laughs> swallowing a load, and then like maybe even like forcing themselves to throw up like cum from their oh throat. Oh my like, god. This How did a, we get here? This is the best label name ever. I'm just saying. Yeah. What is happening? Like, it's extreme. What, what I'm saying there is like every <laughs> step of this journey, even like the positive big ones, like we're going to Europe the first time, 
are tainted by something absolutely fucking moronic. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And like, you'll never escape regurgitating. <laughs> dude, was this was this the time when Andy had his bag lost? Oh, dude, dude so Colin, first first time going overseas. You know, like I book our flights. We've got a tight layover, Chicago to New York to Berlin. So we land in New York and we get off the tarmac and we need to just like sprint to the flight New York to Berlin. We run, get off run, the plane <laughs> and yeah. you, we had we had gate checked some bags and our guitar player's bag is not there. And we're, and you know we kind of say something and they're like, you know, it it's it's just going to get moved, you know, onto your plane no problem. You know, it's just not here, don't grab it, but it'll it'll me, make me it. Me when I lie. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So anyway, we sprint, we get on the fucking plane, we land nothing this is uh maybe like a 30-day tour or something all of his shit doesn't show In, up was it winter wait no it was, it was like October. it was like two weeks no no the first one was when we did a whole bunch oh more, you're right and we did it was probably UK. three and a half weeks yeah we were there for yeah. like 30 days and like Holy 26 shit. shows or something like that yeah, but so literally you know, we get there, his clothes aren't there. We do the, you know, we're in Berlin for like the first two days or something, chilling, never shows up. And we find out they sent all of his clothes to Egypt. <laughs> so this this dude had no nothing. So he had to go to like H&M and shit and buy an entire wardrobe. That rules. Egypt? But yeah, we no fucking clue how. It was... Waiting for him back in Chicago when we returned home from the tour. So, Dude, so how many flights go to Egypt? Really? So, so you Seven? you know what happened? A month. You know what happened next? Regurgitated semen records flew us to Egypt to finish out our tour. And that's, that's, we got the clothes. Yeah. But yeah, it was a it was a rough start to the and that first day where we found out his shit hadn't arrived and was going nowhere. I believe Andy also lost his iPad or no iPod. Uh. While we were just like chilling in Berlin, so oh, we found wow. out he had no clothes, Andy lost his iPod. So and no music for Andy, yeah. which which and at the Andy top. without his music, <laughs> it was Dude, also it was brutal. I felt the, fucking horrible. At the time, guy. phones didn't fucking work over there. Yeah, oh, so if you don't have your iPod, you're fucked. Oh my god, you're absolutely fucked. I don't remember any of this. <laughs> you blacked it out, dude. <laughs> I don't, I don't well, know. How was Europe for nachos? Awesome. Yeah, you guys see that. I think because we're able to straddle, like you were saying, we got a little bit of the metal, the crust people like us, which was a huge thing in Europe. Totally. Totally. Dude, we got nachos. Like, I mean, I think this is the same for a lot of bands, but maybe not. But like a lot of bands like that have the power violence crossover appeal. We we all play in squats, you know, like that's where some of the best shows are because squats in Europe are like they're run. I mean, you, dude, you've been there, you know. Like they're, they're like common. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're like they're <laughs> like, like rebel squats where amazing shows happen. Yeah, every city has one. exactly like every weekend. Yeah. I mean, and that was every single show except for one of like twenty six shows. The first time we went to Europe, we played. Do they ever one see festival. you guys and go, "Oh, this is what they look like"? Yeah. They, they're expecting like spike haired leather jacket guys. And yeah, then... and it was like a dude in green shorts and a Turning Point T shirt. <laughs> 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 dude, and that, this was at the time when I had that that knockoff Bay hoodie too. Like, oh, dude, <laughs> dude well, whose was that? 
That Cronin. was originally either Cronin's, Cronin's or, Eric, yeah. or Eric Blum or Cronin, something. Oh, my yeah. God. It, it you passed, wore that thing all the fucking time. All the time. It zipped <laughs> and it all the, the way up. Zip. Yeah, yeah all you the could way zip up. all the way up. And, like, <laughs> yeah, it was like a, it was not a Bape hoodie, but it was like a knockoff. And it had, like, diamonds on it. It was pink. Yeah, like diamonds and awesome. dollar signs. I think the actual first Weekend Nacho show I ever played was us, Black Dahlia Murder, and Soylent Green. And I think oh at God. some point during that set, <laughs> in, in you I, just had the microphone inside, like <laughs> zipped all the way up. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, we put. Yeah, we played with. That was in uh, like Moline or something. No, it was at Gabe's Oasis in Iowa. In Iowa, yeah. I I don't Drew, remember. Drew the vaults, dude. Yeah, seriously, he's got. Well, it was my first show, so you know that one. That one sticks. Oh, you're I right. don't remember how we got that show. The guy, someone in Black Dahlia Murder just liked us. I think it, yeah. it had, dude. Trevor, Trevor, like, put on for forever ever. was yeah. the guy listening to new bands. Yes, dude, that's awesome. And like, you know, obviously, rest in peace. Yeah, but like, hundred yeah. percent. That's like, I, I, I'm remembering a lot from. I this. think maybe I, you, we knew somebody that was like touring, working for them also, mm. or something. Gotcha. But I, it was, it was a blast. But that fucking hoodie, we found it that day so in cool. Bricktop, and John just like zipped the mic into it and was like running around <laughs> unable to see anything screaming what year colin what year was the sound of fury that got shut down the motorcycle year 10 we played that one and then the motorcycle happened during backtrack right after us yeah and then the show got canceled most of that fest went to an amazing show the crazy oxnard the, backyard, uh, the thing. backyard thing uh nachos were playing la that night and yeah. It was I at think, the boulevard. For I think sure. you were pissed about it, but we jumped on the show and Wait, played why, a couple songs. Why would I be pissed about that? I don't know. I just remember a vibe that like it was like, oh, first they they jump into our van on the fly out thing a few years ago, and now they're jumping onto this. I remember I, it. You know what? Being... I'm a lot of things, but that would not have been something I felt. Okay. Uh, like it might have been if there was anything about it, it might have been related to something else that might have gotten like messed up with that show. I don't Drew. Know wasn't there he had back surgery wow and so nachos played as a three-piece which was crazy andy did the thing with a splitter of and course. out of the octave thing and just they fucking you know they rocked loudy we sounded just as good without you <laughs> loudy <laughs> lo that's what bo was trying to say in a nice way i was just saying <laughs> you, you wouldn't have known anything was missing yeah and, and <laughs> andy is very talented worse. is what we're saying good. Loudy, he, I mean, he gets paid to do that for other bands now right so it makes sense let's talk about loudy wearing like blindfolds ball gags thongs and that's it <laughs> that's this is brian right brian yes. loudy yeah but okay. he's gonna go by byron looters, looters <laughs> which bo's brother i've had i'm gonna set the record straight finally mm. we are brothers we <laughs> oh. share a last name okay you know we didn't grow up together but we're, we're fucking brothers it's not a big deal. True. I was, I was, I didn't know that Loudy was him because I've yeah. been like, when does Brian? Yeah, that's Brian. <laughs> yeah. To me, to me, Brian is such a visual, yes. such a huge visual part of the identity of Weekend Nachos. Yes. Yeah, definitely. He was always doing this crazy Dude, stuff. Dude, one of my favorite there. fucking pictures, it's on a shirt that I have somewhere, is where he's on the dolly. <laughs> he's in thigh high, like fishers, like mud boots, thigh high, naked. Which all of that we found at the, at, studio, at the studio because the studio 
for some reason is also in a warehouse of fisherman gear and and like all that he's blindfolded ball gag naked with thigh high rubber boots on and i strapped. think i duct taped him yeah. to a dolly duct taped to the dolly awesome. and they're all just straight faced and brian's just in the ball gag and i remember i remember like i wore my bart simpson sweatshirt for that photo and i was like i look was looking at the picture after and i was like I, I actually look like I'm 10 years old in this picture. <laughs> Dude, but I, I, I standing next to this naked, like, snuff victim. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Guy, yeah. Dude, but I, I, the reason I bring it up is because during your set uh, that we boulevard? jumped on, at yeah, that Drew wasn't on, Cronin and I were watching Loudy, and he was just staring at us for a whole song, right? So he was just a whole song just staring at us, drooling with this ball gag in. <laughs> Ugh. Fucking up, missing parts, but just and it was just like just oh. committed to the bit. I remember. I think I could defined committed. To I could bit. be wrong. I think he tried to play a part physically turned backwards. Oh yeah, he did that at all the shows. <laughs> he, he like he like sometimes so, would Colin, like stand up and turn yeah, around. To stand up, show. turn around. Your right foot is now on the hi hat. Your left foot is the kick. And you're playing behind your back. Yes. That wouldn't work too good. It didn't sound great. It yeah. never worked. Dude. Okay, so. But you remember it. And oh, that's, God, you know, I really oh, do. Yeah. I really do. The experience. One of, one of my favorite things that I've ever seen Lottie do is when we were playing in France at that surf shop. <laughs> and it was, like, late. Like, you don't go surfing at night. Not even surfers no. do that, right? No. It's dangerous and it's cold. Right. And this, we had already been in this water earlier and it was freezing. And Lottie was playing in his, I think he was in his ball gag, right? Probably. At um, this era, almost for yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and we we're playing at some surf shop in like France, somewhere on like a coast of France. Yeah, like coming like up by Spain. Yeah. And are, we finish our set. And before I could even turn around, Lottie had grabbed a giant surfboard off of the wall of the surf shop and just sprints out of the venue, runs into the ocean, and starts surfing. Pretty sure fully can he, nude. Can he surf? I don't know. But, like, <laughs> but like, I actually was like, he's going to die. Like. You know, it was probably like three in the morning or something because it was that kind of a European gig. Holy yeah, and, and, and was it, the shop like suck up the No, like I, I think <laughs> I think like part of my concern also was like, oh yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna like get in trouble. We're now. gonna have to like, pay for this fucking surfboard. Yeah. Now. <laughs> he just like came back like I want to say like fifth, ten minutes later maybe, and was just like soaking wet with the surfboard, and he was, was like, dude, did you just go surfing? And he's like, he's like, yeah, the water is cold. I'm like. <laughs> Yeah. What in God's fuck is wrong with this dude? <laughs> wow. Um, he's did, living the gimmick, man. When did Black Earth come out? Uh, like the seven. That was a single for Worthless. Oh, okay. So that okay. was like that was like a uh, a seven inch <laughs> single that came out like before Worthless. Dude, I yeah, was this just. This is one of the things about Weekend Nachos that's really weird. I think actually is that so all of these CDs and like streaming shit we were doing with Relapse before yeah. every LP we would put out a 7-inch on A389, and then the vinyl LPs all came out on Deep Six. Oh. So we worked with, like, 
three labels at all times during the period that we were like a real band, quote unquote. Yeah, crazy. But like we never had a contract with anyone ever. You just remember. But those are the thing. Those are the little things that make like the weekend nachos audience totally. They like that. Yeah, dude. If you think about it, like not every band that plays MDF is going to play eight three eight nine. Not every Mm -hmm. band that plays some basement with power violence bands that no, you know. Are, are less known, you know, yeah. is going to play a three at nine or MDF, you know, like, right. But like, that's the thing. Like, I mean, at one point, like we were like going to play with like, you know, regular hardcore bands like trapped under ice or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, like I just feel like, I don't know what got inside us to like diversify our audience this much, but like, Somehow was it intentional or did it just happen? I think it seemed intentional. I think I always wanted to like bridge more gaps. Like when I was doing the band, like I was really all about what's funny is I'm, I think I I would say I'm probably not as much like this now in my older age, but at the time when all throughout nachos, I really just never wanted people to feel like they couldn't come to a certain show. Like I never, but now you want them. It's it's not it's not quite as opposite as I'm making it sound, but I think that yeah. I I it doesn't bother me as much if there's division. Yeah. You know, sure. I think that there's a there's a, huh. a place for like some shows to just happen independently of other scenes. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I think that that's okay. I think But before you wanted everybody all the time? I think yeah, I remember always there's, feeling that way. No, that's what it is now. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I I but see, it's different though. It's but different. I think it has nothing to do with like wanting to play different kinds of shows. I think it's something that John has always been. I mean, John is the dude on the bridge nine board that you're like, I don't know this guy, but he's like the he's ultimate shit talking fucker ever. <laughs> yeah. But he's also the dude that is like, you know, four LPs into Weekend Nacho's existence, have toured 100%. five countries or whatever. And he's like, oh, like, you're a 16-year-old from Indianapolis? Like, we'll come play your fucking graduation party. Like, John (laughs) was just like, dude, if you like us, we like you. That's true. And there was no, like, calculation to it of growing Mm -hmm. the band. It was just like, you know, punk and hardcore did something for John as, like, admittedly a weird kid (laughs) that he wanted to make sure everybody else had. Sure. It's very, very heartfelt, but well-spoken, I will say. You just yes. reminded me of, of something. <laughs> we, Harm's Way and Nachos did a small, we did like Louisville, Indianapolis. Yeah, small. Atlanta. Oh. <laughs> oh. Holy shit, that's a story. Oh. I'll, tell, that I'll, t- I'll tell that story, but go ahead. The weekend Nachos van was a, a very it was a big sad environment, we'll say, in terms of comfort. We played. Sure. We'll get. Oh, we'll, that was. I was going to tell the the story about the knife during the. Oh, that <laughs> during, too. Yeah. Anyway, uh, well, dude, we, we we were in Indianapolis, and you were like, it was the song Black Earth. Uh huh. And you were like, this song is about recycling, and voting, and being polite, and a whole bunch of other shit I don't care about. <laughs> Some of my favorite band, like in between song banter, is legitimately out of this guy. He was born for banter. Let me ask you this though, (laughs) you guys can confirm something for me. Bo has said to me many times, Chicago 
doesn't recycle. <laughs> so Chicago has, yeah. I, I think it is less than 9% of what is put in recycling bins actually gets recycled. Yeah. Hey, there's, there's like a weird. I do be lying, but not all the time. You do. Okay. So, so <laughs> also my understanding is that there are like, it's very strict about what they will accept. Yeah. Because well, that's there's reasoning. Like if there's a drop of water in it, you can't recycle. Which is yeah. insane. Yeah, it is. It is. We can't figure that out. <laughs> we can't a, come up. Maybe with something. we're getting. That. Yeah, maybe. I hope so. It, but no, your that, guys' that homes have recycle bins in them. They do. Well, but like he lives you're in, just he doing lives as them. good as you can. Okay. I mean, I recycle. He lives Me in too. the. He lives in the yeah. burps. He doesn't live in the city. Oh, okay. But I like, I love recycling. But like Drew, how many places have you lived at in the city? Where there's no recycling bin, it's just oh, yeah. a dump. So, so the way Chicago also does it is, if you have a single family home, the city provides you with recycling. If oh, you wow. are a landlord and have, you know, like Bo lives in an apartment building, that landlord has to pay for recycling. So, so then they just don't so do they, it. It never happens. It's funny we're talking about recycling now because we were just talking about the song Black Earth, which is about. Greenpeace. Yeah, littering and destroying. Yeah, I mean, I wrote it about a time where I got mad because a, a guy from Greenpeace tried to talk to me on my way to work. <laughs> so this is a, this is a pro littering anthem. Yes. Somehow. Wait, how soon after this did um, Yes Way happen? It was 2013. That was the next record. Perfect. Perfect timing. <laughs> they put out the live at Fluff Fest thing the year after Harm's Way was almost ran out of Fluff Fest. So let's let's breathe. I, I have a reason for bringing this up. So for anybody who doesn't know, I'll really quickly say we were Harm's Way was on a fest with Twitching Tongs with Colin. And right we were Harm's Way was being uh, God, they, they wanted to cancel us over a shirt with Jamie. Pre-cancel. Pre can yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. They were trying to get us kicked off the fest and literally canceled off the fest, but kind of in the public eye. You can hear it. more about it in episode two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, exactly. but wasn't it, it wasn't because of a shirt. It was, it was, no, it was the shirt. It was the shirt that said provide, protect, procreate our pledge to women, but it's a typo ripoff shirt. Right, it's right. all tongue in cheek. Right. And, but then also they pulled from like warriors will reign blood. So pure. They took as like a white nationalist thing, which it's literally about straight edge. It has nothing. Right. To do all right, right, right. Time out. Okay. I two things, right? Colin, you'll like this. Cause you're like Mr. Devil's advocate, right? <laughs> Not really. All right, fine. <laughs> to play devil's advocate, I'm not real. <laughs> you motherfucker. All right, so devil's advocate here. Yeah. And keep in mind, I understand typo negative, okay? I yeah. understand Peter Steele. I'm very influenced by Peter Steele. Yeah. Love the band, right? Can you, can you understand why ripping off typo negative would put that in a group of people's heads. Of course. Okay. 100%. Okay. Well, like without a shadow of a doubt, but all it all, literally all it takes is like, "Hey, do you guys mean that?" No, we just thought it was funny for James to be drawn as a cartoon and this quote is on the shirt. We're totally. just ripping off the yeah. shirt. That, totally. I I the, get the I drawing get that. of James as that existed before we decided to do the shirt. No, I I get that and I do agree that all it would take is a conversation. You could say that about a lot of things. Of course. Right? Now I'm especially any most things involving Peter Steele is like you can't do now. I thought right. now part, part two of this is I thought that they and I I was almost sure of this and I know I was sure of this when I wrote the song which we're going to talk about. Yeah, I thought that they wanted to cancel you guys because strictly for no other reason than they saw James as like 
a macho guy that would like take off a shirt and they thought that you were like promote like yeah, they, yeah. they equated that with some type of like machismo Mas- massage. It, it, right. it was all about the patriot the idea of the patriarchy. Okay. And the shirt fits into that when it the quote literally says our right. pledge to women. But yes, the James shirtless thing was like, oh, this is hyper masculinity. Right. This is toxic okay. They, that was added. That was, was like it was all, okay, well, what else? Yes. Got it. Okay. Yes, exactly. And so then anyway. along with the war is will rain lyric. So anyway. So they tried to cancel us. Nothing happened. Simple as that. Right. The the Facebook they start, group. Yeah, they started a Facebook group. The, the Facebook group was literally, literally, if you look at it, it still exists. Go find yes or no way for harm's way. The Facebook group is literally liked by Colin Young, Taylor Young, <laughs> Drew Brown. Like it's literally That's all awesome. of our friends. But anyway, that <laughs> happened in, in which nothing happened. We obviously, we never played it again. But- are Fluff Fest like a band that you would assume would always be on Fluff Fest or like that, you know, the very left side of. We played it once, right? I, sh- sure. Yeah. But I'm yeah. just saying that you would assume, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we're the type of the band to play that for sure. They yeah, wrote 100%. a song called Yes Way <laughs> as a fuck you to those people wow. trying to cancel us over something so silly. Yeah, the lyrics, wow. the lyrics are awesome. And They're like, <laughs> and like, They're truly. Hard. What more, like that? That to me, as your friend and as like uh, like we've said a hundred times already, a band that's like growing alongside of you, yeah, could not have meant more. Yeah, I mean, it totally contradicts what you and James said about me on that episode of Hardboiled. So, <laughs> sure does, but also contradicts. It was problems. a defense track about a band that <laughs> I'm just kidding. You exited, yeah, you know, not really on your terms, yeah, right. He's, well, so that just means you're a better friend. Though. He's I just mean, a good friend. I will say this. Regardless of how great or not great of a friend I am, this group of friends is like really fucking tight. Yeah. And like, I, I'm what we've, everything we've said, like more so earlier in this episode, but like it truly solidifies like Weekend Nachos in Harm's Ways. Like, I mean, like you couldn't find a, a better pair of bands that have like, well existed alongside each this other this fucking guy he's got like eight of them well yeah him, but that's he's not, that's not but you know same. what we're from we're from the midwest yeah. it doesn't count yeah. for yeah. people on the Whoa. west coast yeah. yeah we don't say great midwest lakes, in right? this house we say great lakes oh okay thank you we're from the great lakes <laughs> <laughs> one right? of the better antagonistic things i think your band would do was the era of just putting a celebrity on a shirt and then just your name Yep, we did. Or a not celebrity, or, like Boy yeah. Sets Fire. Yeah, the Boy Sets Fire shirt is my favorite merch item that we've ever done. Uh, Maybe our least go, popular merch item ever, too. Yeah, we made oh, really? thirty. We made thirty pieces of this item, and it took us, I think, six years to sell all of them. <laughs> we used to just like make really stupid I've, shirts, and we would have like you know the bag of like five dollar fails underneath our right. merch yeah. table everywhere, and we had Boy Sets Fire shirts for like five years. Was it just a, a promo picture of them? Yeah, so it was like a promo picture of them when they like got on like a major label or something. So it looked like they had been like styled. Yeah, it was like and, them. Oh, okay. It was yeah, it was like a like a glossy like mm. fancy promo picture of Boy Sets Fire. And I took it and I, you know, did the signature like box around it with the weekend nachos aerial black font above it. <laughs> yeah. And and we it. didn't. And that's it. That was the whole it's shirt. Just, it's just a, shirt. a picture of Boy Sets Fire, but it says weekend nachos instead. <laughs> and how did you get the nacho picture disc? 
Oh, dude. He does. You know what the worst part about that is? He doesn't even have one. No, I Are do now. Sure? I do oh, know. you got one? Yeah, I ended For up, a long time. I had to buy it. <laughs> Man. <laughs> one of the coolest I think Andy and I don't items. have them. It's, fi- it's a five inch, right? Uh, it's an eight. It's technically an eight inch, but it's shaped in a triangle. Right. And But but the triangle is, is like rounded. Ra- is rounded. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But but yeah, there's a screen, well, uh, there's uh, a tortilla chip. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there's there's a screen printed Beavis and Butthead nacho on it, and it's it's rect or it's triangular, but there's like a five inch in the middle. Right, right. That's right. how it is. And the dude that made them is from New Zealand, and it was like the project was delayed for a little while because he lost his eye in a car accident. Holy shit! And and the dude like still made the records. Yeah. Wow! Amazing. Those and are, it's the material it, from the relapse comp. Yeah, it's just the four songs that we did for the relapse comp, but like fifty copies of this exist. And how it's how like much you pay for it? Forty bucks. Not bad. Yeah, I mean, I saw one go on Discogs for three hundred. Yeah, yeah, which Fuck is yeah. insane. That's crazy. That's, that's like a. You also did. The, I mean, that's one of the coolest things ever. Probably. That's like hundred percent. That's like a wind of pain. Three hundred straight up, dude. Mm-hmm. Like. Hundred percent. Why? Why? That wind why, of pain might be cheaper than that. Why is anything that I've done as expensive as a wind of pain? That because that <laughs> it's a nacho. Yeah. You know what? Well, and you have a Japanese band name. Yeah. So. You know what? When you make when you when I think about the fact that it's a Beavis and Butthead screens, I mean, yeah, it should be worth much more than a wind of pain. Much so. more. I also love the direct. Like, didn't um, Jock Power Violence wasn't that used as like a derogatory term for you guys? It, it started with Mind Eraser. So people started calling Mind Eraser Jock Power Violence. Then they started calling us Jock Power Violence. Then which, they started like, calling... Look at us. Like, what <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Which, which is funny because I think that that song has double meaning for some people. Because I think that, like, people that... Fucking Jock Power Violence piece of yeah, shit. Yeah. Yeah, they like, think like, you're talking shit. Yeah. Right. I think that some people think right. that. And then... Yeah, but but really, like we're almost writing it from the perspective of nobody except for us, right? Yeah, it's like, but yeah, the song is just about like power violence purists. Like, I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. The best is the fucking I have one the the crew neck gray athletic sweatshirt that just says weekend nachos, jock power violence, and then just has a football, a clip art football, clip art <laughs> football. Dude, so Google Google image search before they changed it in like 2016, I think. Oh, dude. Google image search. The gold mine. Yeah, it was gold You mine. used to be able to specifically search for like 600 DPI, like yeah. high contrast images. And I found a clip art website that had like really high contrast. And it was like a perfect, it was one of those clip art with like, the background, like there was no background, so you could just PNG, save it and immediately PNG. put yeah. it right onto whatever you were making. And so, yeah, it's just a clip art football. We're gonna reprint them. You know what's hilarious? First they took that, then they took Media Fire. What's next? Dude. You know, Colin, Dude, you know what's hilarious Media about Fire. that? Uh, you saying a transparent background PNG. This man has an art degree, <laughs> and also made you made the Freddy Krueger in in Microsoft Paint, right? I made the Weekend Nachos logo in in Microsoft Paint. What I did was I made it. <laughs> what I did was I made it. I drew it in Microsoft Paint, and then I enlarged it so it looked like even worse. Like it looked so <laughs> so bad. Like, and then wow. I put a border around it. And to this day, it's on a shirt that we sell. <laughs> the, the, wow. Do you remember the B nine threads where it was like 
make something in MS Paint and post it? Of course. Yeah. Were you part of those? No, this was way before that. Oh, wow. This was 2000. Well, I guess. I'm just I, saying, were you posting? Were you no, 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 no. I didn't. I never made any more MS Paint art after that. That was your only one. The time debut. You made the logo. Yeah, but I, I remember that the reason I did it like that, like partly to make sure it looked shitty, yeah. right? <laughs> but like also because I just like really wanted to make a shirt for this show that we were doing, and I had no other means of making a design. <laughs> So I just drew it in MS Paint and like that's awesome. Blew it up and put a border around it in Photoshop and I probably could have made a much nicer logo in Photoshop. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. That's what it's for. Yeah, <laughs> which is like another perfect example. No, of that's this band. it's the yeah. perfectly <laughs> shitty versions of something that you are fully capable of doing professionally. Grab your grab the your, weekend nacho store. Oh yeah, grab that artwork oh, real quick. I have a, a self portrait. John lived with me in a uh, for a short period of time. Lived with me and that's fun. And my ex in this apartment. What did you What did you guys do together? I have a whole lot of nothing, but we well we worked together at H and M as well. Yep. At, at that time, um, I I lived here for two months. It was awesome. I was in sounds- I was in between relationships. It was it was amazing. This is John. This is a self portrait. Oh by shit. John. By John. You have bangs. Uh, it's a hoodie. Uh, but he also did. You kind of oh. did that. Oh no, those are no, bangs. Yeah, yeah, those bangs. are bangs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's Definitely. right. Definitely. On the back is a uh, an inscription for me. It says, "Bo, always believe in yourself. With love, John Caution." <laughs> what a guy! A fucking prophet. And that man. lives on the wall. I I, I forgot that I, you had that. Yeah. I think A Ross had it. Right? A Ross has. You did a series. There was a yeah. series. Yeah. There was a series. <laughs> One is of you in a zero skateboarding hoodie punching Jesus. Fuck yeah, dude. That, I want that one. That Bernie from Bernie's got that pro- one. You're in the Bernie. Parks. Bernie's hit me up, dude. I need that one. I <laughs> dude, I, I he will not let me have that back. No, no, no it's gone. <laughs> All this, what we're saying, this is why we can nachos. We're dying for it. It's, yeah. got, it's back <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. Thank God. That's what I said earlier. I was like, I think we're gonna be fine because <laughs> I'm yeah. like. I'm like reviewing all this and I'm like, you know, like this all still makes sense to me. Like everything that, that even we, more we, so. Yeah, you, for sure. Do you have ahead of your time? So yeah. we haven't. So Harmsway hasn't been playing shows for a long time now. Right. You guys haven't been playing shows for longer. When was the last show? 2017. Correct. Yeah. Right. Yep. January, January 2017. Yep. But because of hard lore, I'm I'm keenly aware of like how the music scene is, how live shows are. Right. Ticket sales, merch sales, things like this. Right. Do you feel how do you feel about kind of getting back into the world of I will say live music and Drew can attest to this like I, I dragged him kicking and screaming yeah I I, wow. I had I had to be like I mean yeah it was a struggle for me to accept that this was a good idea really right? uh, yeah I mean like people have been reaching out to us like some of them I think because they just don't fucking pay attention to the world at all sure and we're like you know we broke up January twenty seventh or seventeenth or whatever. It was the fuck. it was early. It was January third and fourth, I think. Yeah. Okay, there right. we go. Yeah. So by like January fifteenth, then somebody was like, "Hey, you guys want to come play Cleveland?" And it was like, "Dude, we broke up fucking two weeks ago." Like, what are you talking? <laughs> it was a whole thing. <laughs> and, that, and, that, and that you like you literally can't take that seriously, obviously, because it's like, oh, it's awesome. Shortly yeah. thereafter, people were like, "Hey, will you come play this fest?" Well, you know, like. At a time where it was like, 
dude, we broke up like a year ago. Like, yeah. if we're going to get back together, it's going to be, you know, like, God forbid, but, you know, like our buddy's sick we're or gonna lost play, his we're, house, you if, know, like if we're gonna, for a reason. If we're going to get back together, we're going to play with God forbid. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that's all there is to it. They've got to be on their way back now. <laughs> Probably. Or maybe they never stopped. Tons of these bands just no, they were, did. Dude, were going. The homie, the homie Doc Coyle, dude, he's in... Uh, He's in Bad Wolves now. Oh. Even after we broke up, we like always said like never say never. You know, like yeah, yeah. we weren't ever one of those bands that were like we're breaking up, that's it, done it. But we knew like our original run was over, and that remains true. Like there's nothing that's going to change that, right? Mm, so, right. yeah, go on. <laughs> yeah, I'll try and make this have a flow. Hit me, hit me, Drew, blow me. So. You know, we were getting those offers almost immediately, and we're just kind of like, no way, and wouldn't take any of them seriously. A few years later, a few offers would come in from people that had a connection to the band back in the day. So it was like, mm. okay, this is like kind of legit. Like, this guy maybe helped us a bunch in Europe, and he's asking if we would play. And we would have those conversations, like, will we do this? And the answer was always no. Um. And then, for me at least, and I'm the one that kind of started this conversation, uh, COVID happened and didn't see anyone, didn't do anything, didn't go anywhere. And, you know, hardcore was always like this community of people, and we were lucky enough to experience it all over the whole world. Yeah. And it felt like we had missed being anywhere and that people again started reaching out to us like hey would you guys want to play and it was at a point where i was like i haven't left my fucking house in two years <laughs> like it would be awesome to see my friends again and even play music with my friends again you know like i hadn't yeah. been playing with john for a while at that point hadn't played with lottie um so we got an offer that we almost accepted last year um and we just ended up turning it down still. Um, no, there's a, there's a, there's something. There's a reason we have to wait. Well, we we about, did about want it to have now. to have a purpose. Yeah. Which like this is 2024 will be 20 years since the band started, which feels meaningful in a way Same. that 19 years didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then some friends of mine like a guy who was actually in like the very first hardcore band i was ever in in junior high here Land, landmine called <laughs> landmine yeah one of the first bands i ever got into hard name yeah dude they were awesome fast right Super yeah they fast. were like a they were like a well you guys would have considered yourself grindcore right yeah i think I like, like you got it more was of like a, a grindy punk thing yeah um mm. dude, and the lyrics were amazing so he went on to to do uh, sort of like a, you know, mainstream emo or whatever you would call it, band called Spittlefield. Mainstream emo? Um, yeah, that like put out a record on Victory in 2003 that did very oh. well. So this year is the 20th anniversary of that. Uh, uh. And their drummer could not play any of their anniversary shows. So I actually went out and toured with them and kind of had the experience that I feel like Hardlore has been talking about where you're like, yeah, like touring is 
fucking lit right now you know it's yeah. awesome yeah. um and that's kind of what like our friends in full of hell and primitive man have been saying us too like man touring is awesome right now and i got to experience it firsthand nachos was getting these offers to play again and when i was able to kind of go out and experience touring even in a nostalgic way and be like, you know what? Like, I certainly had reservations about nostalgia, but like, yeah. I went out there, I did it. I had so much fun playing with my friends, playing music, traveling. I came back to everybody and was just like, yo, like, we're getting these offers. And like, I just did this with a band that doesn't, you know, it still means something to me. These Spittlefield guys are my great friends. I was around right. for the making of this album, but it wasn't my band. And I was like, if I can feel awesome going out and playing shows with this thing that's like tangentially important to me, like, sure. dude, if we go out and play, like, mm. it's now. Now is the time. Mm. Yeah. And like, you know, look, <laughs> you can always, when you're Here like, comes bridge nine shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, when you're, when you're, when you're like a certain age and you think you know everything, right? Yeah. You haven't lived really at all, you know. You can say all kinds of shit and make up all kinds of shit about what's why you don't want to do this. Like case in point, perfect that we brought up me quitting that band over the Gorilla Biscuit show. Yeah. You know, like whatever. And it's not to say that those like reasons don't mean anything, but it's like everybody is subject to at one point be like, yeah, why the fuck wouldn't we do this? Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, there is literally no conceivable reason based on all the things that Drew's saying at some point, it's like, yeah, that those reasons start to outweigh whatever you thought might've been the reason that you either didn't want to do something or felt that you shouldn't. Right. Right. So yeah, man, at the end of the day, <laughs> I think uh, the way that I phrased it to everybody was like, I feel like playing some shows. <laughs> like that's that's, f that's fucking it yeah. but that's the thing in 2016 you didn't feel like playing shows anymore yeah oh no and we why, also why thought at that point we couldn't like weekend nachos was a band that for x amount of years had operated like this we toured the states every year we toured europe every year we did a record every two years and we didn't want to do it that way anymore and it felt like it couldn't be weekend nachos if it wasn't that way mm -hmm. but with mm. perspective i don't think that's actually true right of course right well i mean full of hell that you brought up earlier is maybe number one proof that weekend nachos should not have gone away because <laughs> my god those boys grinded until they were they built an empire true yeah They're we very hard i, I want to say their first tour ever and this is a testament to sort of what I was talking about when I had my heartfelt statement about John being a, a weirdo with a heart of gold. <laughs> yeah. Is I can't remember if it was Spencer or Dylan. It's but probably, one of them, probably Dylan. I think, messaged John on like MySpace at that time mm -hmm. on Full of Hell's first East Coast tour ever that like they couldn't get shows and they liked us and we had shows. So they just, John was just like, yeah, so I'm like, guys messaged me and want to play these shows so i put them on these ones it's awesome it actually is now that like you're mentioning this like it is insane to think that that band is full of hell and they re like repaid yeah. the favor times a million by taking us to japan like five years later 
They're fucking <laughs> awesome. Yeah, and I, and I definitely insisted that we open for them because that was like a a a point, like like that was a, a discussion that we had, mm. Dylan and I. Like, who's gonna open for who in Japan? And I was just like, dude, it is time for us to open for you. Like that is yeah. this, this is awesome. this is the point where you know the whole blue oyster whole. Uh, uh, well, kiss blue oyster blue, cult. Blue oyster cult kiss thing. Can't even talk. What was that? What's what's that thing? It's Kobo Hall to the day. Yep, dude. I'm glad blue you oyster got. Cult. Yeah, I'm glad you got the reference. I got you. Yeah, I got you. It's like one year apart. Yeah, yep. kiss open for blue oyster cult. One year later, blue oyster cult open for kiss. And yep. like like willingly or was it like? Uh... It was no. They had kiss had vastly exceeded their size yeah. within yeah. that one year. And yeah. so it's like one of those things. Like I. I don't want to be that type of band that like feels like we should play after a band for like some dumb reason. Like we can't semantics. Yeah. Like yeah. we, we yeah. can't fucking get over ourselves or some shit like yeah. that. You know, like that, that is obviously off the table, like that mindset. But yeah, I was like so excited to have it be reversed and go with them. You know, it just Boss. like, it felt so good. Cause like you see the, the work that's put in, you see like a band like full of hell. That's just like, lives for this shit and doesn't stop mm. you know like they would have gone on to do that with or without us maybe but maybe. but you know it's it's still cool to know that we had something to do with that definitely. in the in the and beginning, you guys are you know? definitely two bands that never for one second compromised who you were for sure and that led you to going i don't want to play shows for a few years yeah and that's awesome and that led to them going we're gonna play shows forever <laughs> until Yep, we the wheels fucking fall off, <laughs> and now it, it's it's nice for me to see that you guys got to the point where it's like, okay, we want to do this again, because that's when like though we when we start to treat these bands as like businesses or just as everything's a cycle, like you were saying, Drew. Yeah. The 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 reason you started the band is gone. The reason you want to be there is sucked out. It's a, it's an obligation. And that the weekend nachos of of today, is is by choice, baby. Mm. Absolutely, you're eating them motherfucking nachos because you want to. <laughs> I, I mean, I will say that like now because that, Drew wants to. Now, <laughs> now, now that we're past like the stage where like I had to kind of like see why this was like a great thing. It's like I just yeah. I don't even question it anymore. It's just something I'm excited about. You know, it just have you practiced yet? Yeah, <laughs> twice. Without well, John. Without John. Because he lives <laughs> oh, okay. far away. Yeah, I live I, far away. And honestly, like when we yeah, did, did our plans first, or what? When we did our first run, like they they practiced without me all the time too. So. Dude. Oh, okay. So I we're have, a band where I think sort of like like yourself. Like uh John can play guitar or bass or drums. I can barely play guitar and can play bass and drums. So we were always lucky enough to be able to work on music in like multiple configurations as long as one person of Brian, John, or I was there to play drums. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So we uh, were able to make music really quickly. And I have to way. say, so Harbor's Way is still in the same practice building, but we're in another room that's like a couple uh -huh. doors down. And we were getting, we were practicing the other night, and I was like getting s stuff set up, and I hear them practicing down the, down the, you know, down the hall, and it was like, it felt awesome, dude. That's it amazing. felt like. Like the old days, you know what I mean? It was yeah. just like, whoa, nachos are practicing and Harm's Way is about to practice. And we have this show coming up together. Dude. And how cool is it that like we went from we right at the beginning, we talked about 
the the um, first California trip when we played the Locust House in San Jose. Oh man! Which like you know, and like some of those guys remember that, and it's talked about or whatever. But like realistically, there was like 30, 40 people there. Totally, but there yeah, was, wasn't wasn't that dude from Gulch at that show? I think I think he said he's everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like we. You the know. reason I, the reason I keep bringing him up is because like me being like somewhat out of touch, like I think of Gulch as like one of the bigger bands that's happened in like the last. They they absolutely are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like it's just like what it, I think. And of. interestingly, a lot of other Bay bands also are currently. Yeah, like Tsunami, and Drain, Drains from the Bay. I never I didn't even yeah. know that. Yeah. Bay is the spot. Bay is gotcha. the spot right now. Okay. Uh, but anyway, I was gonna say it's it's really cool to think about that. Like we didn't think I didn't think flying for a hardcore band was possible. You know, and that was that long ago, and now we're gonna play the metro together, dude. And that's fucking. I mean, it, that's like a beautiful thing. I mean, like our first show back being with you guys is like, feels good. It it Perfect. reminds me of when Stop and Think said, "Okay, we'll get back together." Is when Mental releases their LP, you know, <laughs> yeah. and Stop and Think played the the Mental yeah. record release show. It yeah. kind of feels like that for that's me. Awesome. You know, it's awesome. We're gonna need the headline though. <laughs> Finally, it, it, we'll 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 play with you as long as Full of Hell headlines. Like that, that's, <laughs> that's it. We just got in it. Japan. Yeah. yeah, yeah, in Japan. Now you're talking. But yeah, well, should we do the uh, the kind of standard yeah cardboard let's, let's formula for we the can, boys? Now? We can wrap her up. You guys eat good. This man eats, dude. We need one. You and I were talking about it over tacos. This man used to hate an onion. To the point, and, and Colin, I know you don't fuck with onions either, but for a different reason. Rare. Yeah, it's rare. It's rare. He, Colin's got like hyper, how, what do you call it? They're just very, my taste buds are like very strong. He's got like a hyper mouth. So an onion, if I bite into an onion, there's no other flavor around. That's all he gets. I kind of feel it's like gone. that's either what I used to think was going to happen yeah. or like. Or what you did experience. Right. Th- things change, you know. Right. He couldn't, yeah. if an onion was on something, he it wasn't. No good. Now he's. Oh, see, I'll, yeah. I'll pick it all day. But now he's on a taco, onions and cilantro only. Wow, dude, I can't believe I ever ate a taco any other way. Huge growth. It all started, this dude. This all started because of a show on Netflix called The Taco Chronicles, which is, <laughs> dude, it's awesome. And lime, you do the lime. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah oh, sure yeah, yeah. Oh, especially wow. on a pastor taco yeah mm. absolutely um and the pastor at this place that. Bo and I just went to tonight was phenomenal. It is not easy to find good pastor in Chicago. Mm. No. Like, well, I'd say, but apparently good Mexican food in Chicago is like super common. What's mm-hmm. up with that? Um, it's a third of the population. So, wow. so yeah, Latino. Mexican food in Chicago is fine, but I'm just saying like pastor, it's specific. Like, like asada, pretty good most places, I yeah, think. sure. But pastor, for some reason, huh. just doesn't hit it most places for me. So when I saw John... At a barbecue that Drew had, the failed, the faded barbecue that that got like rained out. Um, he was talking to me about our fast food tier list. Uh oh. And <laughs> I think the top five you mostly guessed minus one. I think so. He couldn't get Wingstop, which I will say to a lot of people, it's accelerated cuisine. It's accelerated cuisine, and to but a, it was on there. But to a lot of people, is like not top five worthy. No, I'm not saying I agree. I'm just saying. You know what? Wing, like wing, wing stop is one of those things I just don't really think, think about. about yeah. Like it just—it wasn't even on my radar to mention this on our list. But I did get a few of the others. You did, right? Yeah. You nailed 
McDonald's. In yep. and Did out. you have some problems with the list? You have some issues? I don't you, remember. you praised us for Portillo's, obviously. Well, I, I, I was very surprised that you guys put that on the list like so high. It belongs. Up. Right. Colin graciously. I, I wasn't going to say Portillo's, but you said Portillo's. Dude. And, Port- and it was like one of those things where I, I took a knee, you know? You know how, like, you know how in the movie Rudy, like, the the Rudigers or whatever are, like, obsessed with Notre Dame football, and that's, like, a part yeah. of their family? Yeah. That's what Portillo's is to my family. And, like, okay. and honestly, to me as well. Yeah, like, a lot of families in the Midwest. It's, like, a staple. Well, I mean, so that's great, in and out. Great Lakes, Great Lakes. You know? Yeah, exactly. Well, it actually, is. like, I will strike somebody physically. <laughs> <laughs> for for in and out, you know, I feel like you would do the same for Portillo's. Probably. I love, and even Drew now can enjoy a veggie dog at Portillo's. Dude, I like the welcome the brother. veggie dog. My daughter, my wife and daughter are vegetarians. And you have a daughter? Yes, I do. <laughs> You've been living dude. awesome. <laughs> yeah, my daughter is amazing. Great. She she's That's great up. friends Congrats. with several lawn statues that I have in my backyard. <laughs> you got lawn statues? You've been living too. Got yeah, man. Dude, every, so, you got everyone a in Wicked Nachos has something going on. So, <laughs> le- so let me ask, so let's ask you guys what we call yeah. the golden arches question. Oh, okay. Nachos driving down the road. You got all the time in the world. You pass a sign, a magic sign that has every single fast food chain on it, but it's fast food. So it's not some like a, a little shop that you know of. It's fast food, something that you can get at other in other places. What is the one where you're like, oh fuck, they have that? Let's go. Fuddruckers. Dude, incredible. <sighs> Immediate answer. First Fuddruckers. Fuddruckers is so fucking good. Dude, dude. we dude, when do you know we, how do you know how happy I am to hear you say that? Dude, dude. we we went from Unbelievable Boston. Burger, we, we went God. from Boston to Salem. To do a, like a haunt lore episode and to talk to Kurt Ballou. and there was a Fuddruckers in a mall, and he and I were both just like, "Oh shit, they got a Fuddruckers here!" And they're gone. They're all yeah, gone. They're all Dude, gone. Dude, I'm not even basing this on like personal experience with Weekend Nachos. I'm just saying, if, if you if, saw if this that. was like an ink blot test where you there's yeah. no right or wrong answer, yeah, first it, thing that comes to mind, whenever I I, I have seen a Fuddruckers pop up on one of those signs before, yeah, and I. I don't think I've ever been able to stop and of eat course. there. But we it's always like, had to go to Taco Bell because I'm vegan. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think there is like go. the story for any band. Yeah. <laughs> that's, 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 that's the fair answer, but I'm I'm so glad that Fuddruckers finally got some love. Dude, it's, first it's one. one of one of my favorite. Oh. Yeah. It's gone, dude. I and yeah. and do, truly the Sherman Oaks Fuddruckers that used to be there was like a weekly thing for me. Dude, Dude get this. I, I have, like, memories of, of going to Fuddruckers with my family before going to Portillo's. Yeah, same. And they, wow. they had the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game in the Fuddruckers. Ah. In, in that a- was part of the best part about going to Fuddruckers is yep. they would have amazing video games that were free. Like, uh, mm. No, you still had to pop a quarter in yeah, there. Yeah, a coin system. Yeah. a coin system. But, dude, Colin. But, man, when, when pumping we, cheddar onto your fucking dude, pound I call, medium I call rare the, burger. I call the food, the Fuddruckers cheese pump the eighth wonder of the world. <laughs> oh, my man. Dude, there was that. The fries rocked. If you were a kid, you got a chocolate chip cookie. Oh, yeah. You, got, you, got, you had to bring the ticket the up ticket to the counter. and you got a cookie. Dude. Were, they the, were the thick-ass fries there what started your love of thick-ass fries, Bo? Probably. That's a fat. That's a fat fry, but I I prefer the Portillo's, the crinkle cut fry. Portillo's, Portillo, white, but white here's Castle. the thing: other than Portillo's and Shake Shack, there's not a good crinkle cut fry. 
Uh, White Castle. White Castle has them. White Castle yeah, has them. Come on, you're right about Shake Shack. Shake um, Shacks and Portillos are Shake. Okay, yeah, yeah, Shake yeah. Shack. I agree. Shake Shack has the, their own style of crinkle you cut. Love those, Shake Shack. Don't I you? do. I love. He's a big, it's incredible. He, when I when I eat Shake Shack every time because I I always spend. All right, when I go to Shake Shack, I don't think about any money. I just like make sure I just you're talking his language. I just make yeah, sure you wouldn't be there if you were. No, I know. <laughs> I know that. I know that. But regardless, I just make sure I get whatever I want when I'm there. Yeah. I don't even think about what it's going to cost. Whatever it ends up costing is what it costs. Which so I always spend around twenty two dollars. <laughs> if you know oh, John, you know that bargain. that's fucking insane. John John is very mindful of money. But I will say, twenty-two. Okay, is that what you're saying? I, I was, he's, a, he's a frugal man. But I will say, okay. I, I will truly tell you that ever since I've known you, the one thing you really don't care about is spending money on good food. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's like the okay. his one it's, thing. It's, where it's, it's like, literally I what I spend any money on. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I don't buy records. Who that's the, where it should go. F- is like sustaining yourself. Who you know? besides Drew buys records? <laughs> Drew like, Brown. He do be buying records, dude. Drew, there, but is Taco Bell your choice though? Yeah, that you're you're perfectly content. To oh, I, I love choice. it, man. It's it's uh it's completely its own food. Period. That's what, what I'm always arguing with people. I feel like the guys in Like Rats, maybe even the guys in the Spittlefield band that I was recently touring with, they they throw in for a Chipotle, and my mm. thing is Chipotle is trying to be something it isn't. Taco Bell is fucking self-actualized wow i like you drew drew is fresh off riot fest stage by the way spittlefield played riot fest oh wow tell him what happened to old boy 10 <laughs> seconds into your set this is insane our uh you know eight aging band much like weekend nachos will be so uh-huh. hopefully we so we survive <laughs> but uh first first song drum riser jump torn acl like like fifteen like seconds. literally ten seconds and those are going around lately, dude. Homeboy though, <laughs> planted his ass in front of the microphone and played the whole set. Yeah, and what's really? funny? What's funny is though, I was watching and I was like, oh, he because he jumped, landed weird and like fell and like rolled and I was like, oh, he's standing still. He's probably fucking embarrassed. Like I've fallen on stage. It's well, very you, embarrassing, you, dude. You didn't tell me so. that he fell and rolled. You've, yeah, well, he like got up kind of weird and. And then it just looked like he was just standing really still. And it was like, he's probably so embarrassed. Oh, no, my he's God. so silly. He just, and you know what's funny? Something I noticed too, and this is not a diss at him, because what can you do? Is like, I would notice his effects would stay on a little long. Like there would be reverb over parts where there's blah, blah, blah. That's because he couldn't, he was lifting a leg. Because he had to stand on his good leg. Wow. So he was lifting a leg that was fucked. Cas- casualty of the core getting hit <laughs> Drew, more let me and more. Let me, let, me ask, <laughs> let me ask you something. Drew, shoot, you're a reasonable, uh, rational man. I'm known oh, to man. be. Definitely. You believe in ghosts? <laughs> it's a challenge because I, I really want to, but I don't necessarily. I think I think you and I are akin in that way, John. You ever seen anything that you can't explain? Not really. John, it's fucked up, dude. John, I don't believe you. You've <laughs> you've uh, been known to be a little irrational <laughs> and emotional in the past. This fucking motherfucker right here. Do you ever, do you believe in ghosts? I'm going to not answer your question. <laughs> just, just to spite you. No, I'm just, John, dude, 
If I if I ask you, would you answer? <laughs> yeah, sure, man. Yeah, you can up? talk to a like-minded, yeah, sick individual. Dude, you know what? I'm gonna get married again and invite you and Napo. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what, what I'm talking. That's about. what I'm gonna do. Renew those vows. Yeah, yeah. Renew the vows. You believe in ghosts, John? I've never thought about it. Give me a second, and okay. then I want to finish what I was saying about Shake Shack. <laughs> okay. uh, wow. So that's my man. <laughs> yeah, you two are fucking. Dude, that's what I'm talking. Do about. I believe in ghosts? Have you ever yeah. seen anything that would make you believe so? Never. You never seen anything you couldn't explain. <clears throat> nope. Never. Well, Chicago's not even haunted, so. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, I've this. never I've never seen anything I couldn't explain ever. I'm going to just go with no. I don't believe in ghosts. But like I also have a mentality that there's like literally no reason not to believe in anything. Like, dude, love that. If you think about it, like dude, science fuck is that it's all theories <laughs> dude guesswork none, none of this none of this is any less strange or like any more strange than dude cameras how did they do that mm, like how, how do you figure that out we're talking how are to you, you right saying now. right now yeah right right dude none of, that's the thing is like for me to planes dude <laughs> sometimes me, i'll just on. look up and i'll be like Magnets. How'd that get yeah, there? Magnets? Yeah, how? magnets. How do they work? ICP no. headlined the stage we played Dude, at. Uh, at I heard Fest. that they the, some juggalos booed uh, Sleep Token off the stage. Was that true? I, I don't know, but I, that's awesome. I got to the bottom of it. Crazy. They went Did over you? by like twenty minutes on their set. Dude, that's timeout. So and you don't cross a juggalo. No. Time Those guys here. were oh, nice as hell. Oh, never. You met them? Oh yeah. They were cool. Yeah. It was great. ICP? Yeah. You met both of them? I think they're like legendarily cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is the... I, that, that makes yeah, sense. they were sound checking um, when we arrived. Bruce LePage famously told me that when he worked with them at the Worcester Palladium, they were like the best to work with, the most professional, the most straightforward, easy to work because with. Because the Fago shower, they know what they're doing at the venues at the end. And they're like, they got to be courteous because they'll be back. All right, time out real You know quick. they use d- Diet Cola Fago. Yes. What? All right, so... I'm not even talking about technology as in why wouldn't I believe in ghosts. I'm talking about like science theory. Dude, like anything, space. Yeah. Well, the difference mountains, is like any anything people. The, the difference is with science, there's something that can be repeated. Okay. And that's that's the more there's and more. There's been two ghosts is, for sure. What's that? <laughs> there were there were two ghosts at some point. There was a rep- repetition. Look. Of I don't guaranteed. I don't um not believe because I don't think it's impossible because I think it's impossible. I'm not a cynic. I'm just a skeptic. See, you know, I do think that there are things that we can't explain. I can't explain to you how ultraviolet light and x-rays and microwaves exist. See, are you're, all but you're around st- us. but you're still talking about technology in a sense. I'm talking about like what is more strange than space and planets? Ghosts. Yeah, it's crazy. Why? Because again, because we can observe and replicate you can't do that with a ghost or God or things like that. All right, you win. Watch me. <laughs> Motherfucker. Watch me do it. What's another one of our questions there, Colin? Wait, hold on. Who hold do you on. do, oh, guys? Oh, yeah. Go okay, back, I know. Go shake, back. shake, shake, shake. Good, good call on that this, last This one. is not even that profound, but I have to finish it. Please. Okay. Please. So I'm not saying that Shake... I'm not declaring that Shake Shack is the best, okay? Mm-hmm. But I will say that every time I go to Shake Shack and every time I take my first bite... My brain says this is absolutely the best meal that fast, best fast food meal that money can buy. Wow. 
And I'm not, I'm not it's, claiming, it's up there for sure. I'm not claiming it is necessarily, but I'm saying that's what my brain says every time I eat it. I think ounce for ounce, Chipotle still wins when it comes to price and quality. Yeah, but everything. No. I'm not saying it's the best. I'm just thinking in and out wins. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. A double double. That's eight bucks. Yeah, dude. how much is a double double? It's like and the meal is like legit eight dollars. It's like five ninety five for the double double. All right, so if you don't count quality, yeah, Drew might disagree. But <laughs> if you don't count quality, but you just count like caloric intake for a dollar spent, dude, I can eat two cheesy bean and rice burritos at Taco Bell, and technically be a vegetarian. Mm. Yeah, for two dollars and sixty cents, and I will be full for. Are those is that is that is that still accurate though pricing wise? Things I, might have changed. I, think I just, that, I I think just that did it a few. On the ninety nine cent menu still, dude. Wow. I just they know still have a ninety nine yeah, cent. Do. They're a they dollar. Do. They're a dollar twenty seven. Dude, I remember back in the day when the McDouble went to a dollar, like a dollar twenty six or something, mm-hmm. and you were like, "What the fuck is going on?" Sure. What are they doing? And I remember thinking like, "Oh, it's it's not that big now." It's like, two, it's like 285 here, which, you know, yes. it's going to be less expensive here. Right. Holy shit. I, I forget. Was Raising Cane's on you guys' list? Yeah. Bo is not a Cane's. I'm not a Caniac, dude. He's not a Caniac. So, wait a second. You didn't answer my question. Was it on the list? It's on. It's in like the C or B. It's I like in B. it a lot. I believe it's in B. I love Raising Cane's. Do you, yeah, you, it's you, you fuck I with the it. sauce? It's, it, I, I could drink it. I, I believe it's one of the great sauces of our time. It's an <laughs> excellent sauce. And I, <laughs> me, you know what? I don't care how easy it might be to make. All I care is that they make it for me. And I don't I give put a it shit. On my, no, I put no. it on my chicken. It, it being it's, easy to make is, yeah, that's nothing. Well, I've heard that. I've heard that, though. I, oh, it's just this and this. Well, you didn't make it. Yeah. You fuck. fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Do you put the, um, the pepper relish on your Shake Shack stuff? The, the red. What is it, Colin? Oh, John. The cherry pepper cherry relish. Cherry pepper relish. Never had it. Next time you go, give it a shot. It's, All right. It is if, what it, you, If you're me. already feeling that way when you're biting in, this is going to change everything. Well, it's a little spicy, but you fuck with a little spice. It, it doesn't matter at yeah. this point to uh, me. Yeah, but good, good but I will say that what I what I like doing at Shake Shack, which is also what I like doing at Portillo's, and also what I like doing at Fuddruckers, <laughs> is I like putting multiple different types of cheese on it. Okay. So I'll get a, a, a ch- double... Shack burger, yeah. at, which is awesome because it comes with cheese. Like the one that you order, yeah. like you don't have to get a cheeseburger at, at Shake Shack. It's just the one has cheese yeah. in it, right? Yeah. It's like $13 for the sandwich alone. Yeah, I've <laughs> never I've never not gotten a double, though. I, or no, no, same. Yeah, I, I get two doubles yeah, mostly, I, most of the time. There was one time where I got a double and I was like still hungry and I couldn't afford to get another double, so I just got a single. <laughs> hey. Respect. But still, my the person that I was eating with was like disgusted at how much food I was eating. You gotta eat with me. There will be no judgment. No shit, man can eat. Uh, um, oh, I'll, I'll get a cheeseburger. Yeah, the cheese thing. And then Shake Shack has that like sauce that they put on it. That's also oh, good. Shack it's kind of got like a, it's got like a smokiness to it. And then I will also dip that in the cheese. And I I do that with Portillos too. I'll get like a cheeseburger and like just. Dip every bite in the cheese that I'm comes not, with the fries. I'm not a huge like extra cheese or like um, cheese sauce guy, but I've heard that the Portillo's one is like dynamite. Wait, you've never had the Portillo's cheese? I've I've probably had it, but I've never had like the the beef and cheese croissant. I've heard is oh, real good. 
Yeah, James is all about that. Yeah. He doesn't know. <laughs> um You heard it here? The tables turn on James in this episode, big time. No, I feel like I feel like he's just gonna watch this and laugh, so it's yeah, it's he, fine. All right. Are, 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 <laughs> but yeah, the you know Man. what? The beef and cheddar croissant has always been a weird item for me. Mm. It's 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 good, but it's just like get a cheeseburger or an Italian beef. Yeah, like, yeah I'm a big beef guy. Anyway. No, if you get if you get a combo at Portillo's and you add mozzarella cheese and sweet peppers to that, dude, that is See, the, that sounds good. That you is, know what the combo is? No, it's the uh, it's a beef sandwich with a Polish sausage in it. No, it's an it's, Italian, it's, it's sausage. Italian sausage. Yeah, excuse me. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Never with an me that? Italian sausage in it. You're absolutely right. You never right. told me to get that, bro. That's fucked up, dude. Next time, dude, maybe. with mozzarella cheese. Dude, Colin, when we're in Detroit, I would fucking and, and when sweet we're peppers, all the and way sweet down. peppers. When we're in Detroit, let's see if we can find a Fuddruckers. I bet there's yeah. one. I bet there's one. All right, ask him. I'll go to one in fucking. There's probably one in Times Square, dude. Yeah, we'll do that. Up. Ask him. Uh, ask him the the question. All right. So this was in the, in the in when thinking of weekend nachos, you guys as individuals, who with this question is who do you do? It was bestowed upon us by Colin of Arabia. It was an yeah. excellent. Where he want he wants to know who you're doing as a guy when you're on stage performing. So, like who are the Two or three musicians you saw where you were like, I'm going to take that and do it. So my answer, just to give you an example, was Hetfield and Purcell. Got it. I'm like kind of blending those two. I think they have the best style. Who do you emulate when you're on stage? Yeah. That's a very good question. We we call it, who do you do? So as John, the singer of Weekend Nachos, who do you do? So is it like, who do I successfully do? Or who in my head am I thinking of? Right. For Who me, were a couple guys that inspired? Yeah, exactly. For me, as a frontman, even though I'll never be this crazy, okay, never, it's always been Timmy from No Justice. That, always. That makes because, sense. Because when I, when I start to, like, go off when we play, it, I, I'm not even doing the same moves as him or anything, but I've always thought, like, okay, be unhinged like Timmy from No Justice. Like, mm. whatever you want to do right now, just do it. And, like, every time I saw No Justice play which is like probably like the early 2000s, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it's just like, dude, this guy does not control himself. Like, I mean, that last show video is one of the greatest <laughs> parkour live videos of all time. Totally. Of all time. Yeah. Period. There's a team dedicated to just putting shit back that he throws. <laughs> so cool. Drew. Dude, I think in terms of actual vocal performance, I think John's most apparent influence is bastard though for sure i think oh, like 100%. that's what he was trying to get out of himself is that true yeah definitely interesting well, okay colin you, how do you feel about if you that? could if you could 100 yeah dude if you could i would say it's a mixture of dan lactose from spaz and and <laughs> the singer of bastard because um it's there's always been that like power violence bark that i got from like infest and spaz yeah basically. sure right you know but yeah, like the the uh, the is very Japanese. Yeah, very, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like, yeah, I I would say it's a combination of bastard and power violence, like perfectly. You know. Yeah, I mean, if I'm thinking about playing bass, but and do being do like, drums too because he's a very good drummer. Well, drums is like totally different. One hundred percent taking the band from the Chicago area, Braid, who are like a sort of like a 
weird time signature, very creative emo band and folding that dude's drum style into hardcore punk. That's cool. Cool. For bass, John bringing up Spaz, I think it's actually probably Chris Dodge. Just like Mm. one of the first people I heard that was using like weird, you know, distorted bass and also just the vibe of Spaz of just like they were this heavy band, but they're super wacky. When you saw them play live, none of them looked anything like what you pictured in your head when they played. Mm. And then they just like fucking ripped. Dude, first two spaz mentions on the show, I think. Yeah, I think so too. So uh, this this will, is why, you know. Yeah, I will proudly proudly be happy, be happy about that. <laughs> 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 that that's John needs sure. his second dinner. I, right I will. Yeah, I do need my second dinner. I will proudly be happy about that. That's the state. <laughs> that's the statement. Dude, and one of the best things ever too about some uh, someone like fucking spaz is that like we ended up being able to play with infest and despise you both when dodge was in the band and, and like low threat profile dodge those in- guys are fucking amazing too like you know meeting your idols some dangerous shit yeah, and meeting yeah, the dudes time. you're like modeling your bass playing off of and just having in, them be in punk and awesome. shit it's a it's dude 50/50. that is that is another thing that i always think is hilarious when like the power violence purists are like like oh we could not just not real power violence like number one like we don't fucking care if we are or not. <laughs> Number two, it's like you've got you got us, you know, playing shows with these bands that like I mean, we worship them in a different way, I would say. Like we have like a tie to them because it's like we can admit, like, yeah, we love these bands. Yeah. But then there's other people that were are simultaneously like talking shit about us that like literally worship these bands. Like right. they like literally fucking jerk off to it. And so it's like probably. So it's like, you know, there's like a sense of authenticity when you know that it's like, okay, what you're trying for and we're not really trying for, like, we're still doing better. Than and we're the you, ones than, playing. Than you are. Yeah. You know, yeah, right. Yeah, it's good. Like, okay. I got you now. It's like when you're not trying to do something, you're probably going to do it better than somebody that is. You know? 100%. So. One question. Also, a lot of the time, the, the influenced can surpasses the influencer Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because you can take everything you've learned from all these things and i'm not saying you guys are like i i I feel like if i said you guys are bigger and better than spaz it would be like fuck you man (laughs) but i'm saying in a in a broad sense you the, the the bands that like laid the groundwork for the future didn't have anything to go off of totally we've got all these things we can pull influences from uh and then people don't know. They it's, just go, it, Damn, yeah, that it's like if you were to so if you were to true. use a band like like Have Heart, for example. Like yeah. you could say like, okay, Chain of Strength, you know, probably a pretty big band in their time. But like when you think about like what Have Heart has had to work with that Chain of Strength did not. Mm. Yeah. You look at Have Heart's influence right. and what they did with the opportunities that they had. It's like, exactly. and it's like chain of strength ain't filling a parking spot or a parking space with 10,000 people. Right. And yeah. you know what? Right. Like if, if I heard a young kid say like half heart is, is better than chain of strength ever would be like, I wouldn't fucking care that they said that, <laughs> like go for it. Like, yeah. I mean, they would, that, they would be right. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. And honestly, honestly, it's like point. whether they're right or not in my eyes, it's like that kid half heart is what matters, yeah. matters exactly. to them. You know, like that's like, 
that just proves what you're saying, Colin. A, a, you know? a crazy thing, just something that, that happened over the weekend at Ridefest during Gorilla Biscuits. They do a minor threat cover, by minor threat by minor threat. <laughs> and there was like a guy who I, I couldn't figure out who it was who looked kind of wacky. And Siv was like, we like to throw it back to the old school. And speaking of old school, this is Springer, singer of SSD control. <laughs> and he was just like hanging out on stage. And then they covered Minor Threat. It was just Jesus. the wildest. But, and then talk about, you know, bands that barely existed that influenced other bands and then Gorilla Biscuit. Yeah. And blah, blah, blah. It's wild. It's wild. Big time. Well, I think this is the longest episode in the history of Hard Lore. Yeah, I think so. But there's... There's a, a pause. There's stuff to edit. You know? Yeah, no, no. This is good. This yeah, is, uh, I mean, you've probably got like 20, 30 minutes of shit to work with here. <laughs> no, we're good to go. This is all staying. We're good. <laughs> you got to trim some of this shit off. Anything, sure. you wanna, anything you want to tell the the kids? Um, the show got announced last week by the time this comes out. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, I will say that now that the, the cat's out of the bag about yeah. us doing these shows... Um, See, I was like, what's funny is I was about to be like, just want to tell everybody that we're like really excited to play. Dude, that sounds fucking stupid to say, <laughs> to say something like that. So, so I don't want to say that. I just want to say that like the way that we're kicking this off with the show with Harm's Way is like 100%. It's just, it's just, it's a, it's going to be a Chicago, like a legendary Chicago game. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when we do play these other shows, like, it's just there, there's what, more stuff coming yeah. than what everybody knows about so far. Like Excellent. we're gonna be playing shows throughout 2024. We're just ironing shit out still. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. That's and huge. Breaking my, news. My only goal for it is for it to just be as fun as it was. Yeah. You know? So Fuck there's that. nothing, there's nothing, there was no other real expectation for it besides that. Perfect. So. Perfect. Perfect answer. Uh this was a great episode. Thank you, John. Thank you, Drew. Thanks for having us. Fuck we can nachos is back, man. Period. <laughs> Unforgivable. <laughs> <laughs> we will see you all next week. Get tickets for the Harm's Way record release with Weekend Nachos Woo! right now. Uh, I might as well say it's uh, Harm's Way Weekend Nachos, All Out War, Fleshwater, uh, Ingrown. Band. That's the Dash. show, baby. November 18th. <laughs> Monumental. Unforgivable. <laughs> <laughs> That's how the episode's ending.